Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It's going to be a fantastic night tonight. You know, I was just sitting here thinking about how important rituals become to us or habits or muscle memory, whatever you want to call it, because I'm sitting here and I'm hearing her countdown, this beautiful British woman who does our little voiceover things. I'm listening to her countdown and and I looked over and it was like, oh my gosh, I have not lit my candle yet. So, you know, it started out as a joke, you know, oh, we're listening to poetry. I have to have my incense. I have to have my glass of wine. You know, I have to have to wear my dark glasses and snap my fingers and all that good stuff, right? But the one that really, um, I've really gotten in the habit of, and maybe it's just, it sets the ambiance for, or it's like my, my way of putting a wall around the rest of the world so that we're just kind of cloistered here together for these hours. It's my my way of immersion, I guess. But always have something that smells real pretty. I, uh, I was using, last stuff I was using, I just got a message from Robbie Baby, which was kind of neat. We haven't heard from him in a while, but I uh, got a message from him talking about like the last thing that, the last thing, <laughs> go, let's back up. The last thing that I was using during the shows was sweetgrass incense because for me the smell of sweetgrass like when you're driving across Wyoming and the warm wind is coming across that prairie and that sweet sweet grass smell just washes over you it knocks me on my ass every time I mean I just have to pull over and sit there and close my eyes and just it, it total it totally envelops me it's just one of the things just gets to me. We all have those things. So I was doing that. But then I ran out, which was really sad. Robbie sent that to me last time, which was really cool, which is why I brought up Robbie. And then I got a message from him, which was kind of cool because we're talking about him now. Anyway, so then I ran out of that and was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And then my birthday came around, and my girlfriend, Rebecca Courtney, gave me a candle that's bohemian absinthe. And it just smells so yummy. So like right before the show started, I'm scrambling looking for my lighter so I can get my candle lit. Yeah, you know, so I so I can like totally chill with you guys. All right. So the number to call in tonight, poets, if you'd like to call in and read is six four six five nine five three nine six five. That's six four six five nine five three nine six five. You'd like to call in and read. If you're interested in putting together a writer's workshop with us, you can do so by sending, probably sending me a message on Facebook is the easiest. It's uh, first name Nyla, N-Y-L-A, last name Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. And it's actually Alicia, not Alicia, but I always say it wrong, it's Alicia. Um, And 
send me a message. Let me know what you'd like to put together. You don't have to be, obviously, a professional workshop provider in order to do this. You just have to have a fun idea. It's a way for us to spend a little bit more intimate time together than we're afforded to here. And uh, you know, it, it can be, you don't even have to know. Like, what if you say, well, I want to do these, but I don't know what to do. Google an idea. Just say, hey, I was Googling an idea and I found this idea on this website, Cool Ideas for Writers Workshops RS, and check them out because they're cool. But we're going to be doing the workshop where they talk about how to do acrostics. And I've never written an acrostic, but I've always wanted to learn. So we're going to learn here together tonight, and I'm going to walk you through this workshop. It can be something like that, something as simple as that. So think about what you want to do. You can pre-record these if you want to pre-record them on your computer, being talking live like I have to do, <laughs> like I try to do, um, makes you nervous at all, then you can pre-record it on your computer. Or if you want to pre-record it and be able to edit it and do some things and then send me the MP3 file, we find that way. You can just do it all on your own and we can get it scheduled and get it played for everybody. If you want to do a pre-recorded one where you have interaction, like we can do a, a call, a conference call where we pre-record a workshop and, and I can help you along through it if you'd like me to do that or do a short interview of you first and then, you know, go into your workshop. It can be a combination of pre-recorded or live. doesn't matter. All live, all pre-recorded, one or the other, play the file first, come on live for call or second, whatever you want to put together. So let me know, and we will do that. The next thing I want to do, very important, I want to thank our sponsors for our 2020 on-air broadcasting license. Oh, my God, I just about put the lid on my candle and shut it off. <gasps> what would have happened? What was I doing? It was in the way. I was moving it. Okay, so our 2020 broadcasting license sponsors, those of you who helped me this year uh, with the cost of covering our 2020 broadcasting license, and those people are... Miss Debbie Kelly, Eric Sheldman, Maddie Gullickson, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Rick Clark, Raymond Bentley, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Rachel Ward, Kevin Kraft, Gina Storm, Renee Cryer, James, aka One Sapien, Richard Ward, and Colin Kennedy Hume. All of you guys, thank you so much for helping sponsor our show. Uh, just appreciate you guys and on behalf of everybody in the community, thank you. And we love you and all that good stuff. All right, now, the next thing I want to do, nope, I covered that up. Oh, get over there. Moving papers around, hearing the shuffling. It's okay, here we go. All right, that's where our sponsors. Next thing I wanna do is I want to go over our, our writing topics that we do at the beginning of every show. So if you're ever sitting there one night and you don't know what to, I need to think of a better name for this so that I don't do that every single show for how many years have we been doing this. I need to actually come up with a name for this segment, you know, like the first part's the intro. And then there's, I do a little bit of rambling, which is where I told you about my candle and, you know, kind of like the whole Johnny Carson um, outline too. All right, moving on. So anyway, your journal assignments, get out your notebooks, your spirals, your journals, whatever it is, your journal assignments. I would really, really, really like you to handwrite those with a pen, pencil, paper under your hand. Don't do it on the computer. Don't do it backlit. Your other assignments and, and exercises, I don't care. But for your journal assignments, please, These are this is intimate one-on-one -on -one time with your brain. No one is ever meant to see your journals. This is just time for you to ramble. 
you know, get your, it's, it's like greasing the wheels of your brain. So they, they, your ideas just flow freely. So your journal assignments isn't meant to create great works of writing. It's not meant to ever be seen by anybody. It's just one-on-one -on -one time, you know, you and your yoga pants with your brain. All right. So the one that I gave you for the year, I gave you a journal assignment for the year, and that is, it's, it's kind of more of the finding of it than the writing of it, but the writing of it's important too. And then, so I'm going to take a second to explain this because this is a really important one. Your writing, our journal assignment for the year is I want you to write a haiku every single day for 365 days. So that means it starts go today. If you miss a day, I don't care. Get up, brush it off, keep going. All right. I don't care if it takes you 400 days for 365 of those, you're going to write a haiku. All right. I want you to walk through your day and pay attention to things around you and find something during your day worth 17 syllables of inspiration. So you should always carry a little notebook or a little spiral with you or something like that to write things down on. So when you think of them, the moment you think of them, you just grab it out, take two seconds, write it down, boom, back in your pocket, good to go. If you don't do that, you think you'll remember it later. I know I'm not the only one, but five minutes later, I can't remember exactly what it was, and it pisses me off. So carry your journals with you. If you sit there and you see something that's just like, wow, and it, a thought comes to your head, write it down. I don't care if it's 15 syllables. I don't care if it's 29 syllables. I don't care if it's three sentences. Write it down in your haiku section because you can always go back later and craft your haiku out of that. You don't have to sit down and I am going to write my haiku now. I need, no. This is meant to be more of an assignment of watching for those things that catch your eye and writing them down when they do to get in the habit of doing that. The end of the 365 days, you're going to have 365 haiku. You pick out anywhere between 38 and 60 of those and you will have a haiku book, poetry book, ready to get put together and published. Think about that. It's freaking crazy. All right. Now, your journal assignment for the week. And we have been working on rambling catalysts this week. It may not. But right now, what we've been doing is free writing is really important. And when you free write, it doesn't matter what you write. You just write for 10 minutes. And you should do that every single day. So think about your lifestyle. Think of all, the, first of all, think about all, all the crap that you do all day long. You're adulting, you're, you know, you, ha you have to do this, you have to do that. How much of your time do you actually put into or feed your creative side? And then when you have 10 minutes and you're sitting down and you're saying, okay, creative side, juice me, right? And it doesn't. And you get pissed off and you think you have writer's block. You know, you can't do that. You can't. It's like not giving your wife a kiss as you leave the house. Let's see what kind of a reception you get when you go home. Ignore it and expect it to perform. So you need to do little things during the day to feed that creative side of you. So when you do sit down and say, okay, she jumps up and says, yeah, I'm ready now too. Right? or he, depending on whether, or they, <laughs> or non-genderally they. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to gender assign your muses. Anyway, so 
free writing is really, really, really important for more reasons than I'm even going to start going into right now because we do have to get to you callers eventually. But the, the writing, the free writing is just 10 minutes. Keep the journal, keep the, the notebook in the bathroom, right? You can't really multitask. Well, you can, but we're not going to. That's a different kind of poem. Um, you can't really do a whole lot in there. You're kind of a, a, a captured audience. So, you know, keep it in there and just sit and write. Or, you know, uh, when you get up in the morning and you have coffee, find 10 minutes to sit down. When you get home from work, when the chicken's cooking, whatever. Find 10 minutes, just write. And it doesn't matter. You don't have to put a lot of that into it. You write whatever comes out of your head. I don't care. The biggest thing that I have people tell me, and which is really funny because it's called free writing, which means you write anything free writing. You get to write for free. You get to write anything that's in your head that wants to spill out. But the biggest excuse I get is I don't know what to write about. That's the point. You aren't supposed to write about anything. You're just supposed to write something. So I'm taking away that excuse and making it easy and fun hopefully by giving you a rambling catalyst your free write catalyst and so what I want you to do is I want you to at the top of your page I want you to write rambling catalyst down the sentence right so the sentence I'm giving you this week and what we've been doing for a while now is I've been giving you the first lines out of some of the greatest novels ever written as your starting line so this one for this week is uh, at the top of the page, write the sentence, all this happened more or less. All this happened more or less. And then just keep writing. Keep going from there. Write whatever comes out of your mind. Write for 10 minutes. I don't care, you know, at the end if you're talking about your, how your shoes don't fit right. You know, it doesn't matter where that sentence takes you. Just write, all this happened more or less. And then just go, boom. Right, got it. All this happened more or less, and keep going. This is from the book by Kurt Vonnegut. It is titled Slaughterhouse Five. It was written in 1969. All right, that is your journal assignments. Next, your writing exercises. Your writing exercises are different than your journal assignments, right? In your journal assignments, you're sitting there chilled out wearing yoga pants with your brain and your writing excitement exercises you're putting on the sweatpants so these are meant to push you out of your comfort zone they're meant you to think about something in a way you wouldn't think about write about something totally different than what you normally write about which you should be doing all the time don't ever pigeonhole yourself or put a label on yourself or combine yourself that way you should be writing about all kinds of weird strange things and these exercises are a good way to keep you in practice doing that. So anyway, think about something, write about it in a new way that you've never done before or whatever. That said, out of your comfort zones, the one that I gave you for the year, your writing exercise for the year. And remember, exercising, it's not always going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know it's crazy, but you know, it's not always going to be done with a pen in your hand or a keyboard under your fingertips. Your writing exercises are not always about the act of writing. Sometimes it's simply about doing. Because I cannot reiterate this enough. I've been doing it for what this is. We're, we're going into our, we're, we're in our halfway through our 14th year. Right? Or halfway through to our, our 14th year. 
You have to have input in order to have output. Crayon. In your crayon box, you are only ever going to write blue. If you've got the 16 color, you will only be able to blur the lines of those 16 colors so much. But if you've got the 164 box of crayons, holy hell, think of the mess you can make. Right? The more you feed yourself, the more you experience, the better writer you are going to be. So your writing exercise for the year is simply to once a week do something that surprises yourself. If you've never had Indian food, go have Indian food. If you've never been to the Chinese gardens, go to the Chinese garden. If you haven't been to the zoo since you were five, go to the zoo. And I like this example because I do this whenever I see a little league game. You know, I'll be driving through small town America because I'm just kind of a gypsy like that. Um, I'll go everywhere. But I love it when I see small town things going on. And so I'll grab my lunch and I'll go sit on the bleachers and I'll pick a team. Or I'll pick both teams. Sometimes they're really confused people. But just sit and watch a little league game. Little, little, you know, little small town seven-year-olds playing baseball while they eat my lunch. Something like that. But do something you've never done before. Something that surprises you. Something you've not done in a long time. Or join somebody in doing something. I mean, it's kind of fun to watch some, something that you don't even understand. And you, you get to watch someone who's just find something. I don't care if it's, you know, 10 minutes on a lunch break or if it, you, you put a lot of thought into this once in a while and plan yourself a whole weekend. You know, you as an artist are worth that investment in yourself. You know, you've, you've spent your whole life since kindergarten preparing to be a grown-up. How much work are you going to put into preparing yourself to sit down and be a writer? Once a week, 10 minutes. Find 10 minutes in your week to do something surprising, out of the ordinary, fun, silly, goofy. All right. Take your shoes off and run through the fountain downtown. All right. So now, <laughs> your writing exercise for the week. I'm done preaching. That's right. right. No, I'm not. That's such a lie. I'm a liar. I am not done. I will never be done. Writing exercise for the week. We've been writing two scenarios. And with this, I'm kind of having you climb out of your brain. And, you know, I've kind of, I talk about this a lot. Don't girdle your brain, right? Just let it be as, as Adora and, and flow with scarves and whatever. Um, what was her name? Was it Isadora? Duncan. You guys probably don't even know who that is. If anybody happens to know who that is and you come on, tell me because I'll be impressed. Anyway, it's a writer. You are a creative human being. There's a lot of things that you do that are creative as opposed to someone who doesn't have a brain that's wired that way. So don't sit there and think every time you sit down with a pen that you have to write a poem or even write it all. Doodling is very creative. You should see. Do you guys know that when I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you that I doodle things? That I, I have a sketch pad. I have to hear it. Can you hear it? Oh, ouch. That's my sketch pad. And I have a good pen, good drawing pen. And while you guys are reading, I sit here and doodle because it helps me concentrate. It helps by, by doodling, by moving my hand while I'm listening, that helps me focus on you. 
I know that sounds crazy, but it's just the way. So while you're, and so I'm sitting there and I'll sit here and doodle while I'm listening to you read. And sometimes I'll, you'll say something and you'll say the word candle in your palm. And so while I'm listening to you, I draw that candle. So every time you sit down and put a pen in your hand does not mean you have to write a poem. It doesn't mean you have to write a story. It doesn't mean you have to write anything. It just means you can, you have that pen in your pen and it's on paper. But with that said, <laughs> With your writing exercises, these are things that make you step out of that poet label because you are so much more than that. But it makes you step out of the and it has you write something different, something you normally wouldn't write. And, you know, eventually if you go back and you look at it and somewhere in it you can, can glean a poem, then that's awesome. But that's not what this is. I don't want you to sit down and write poetry. With that said, I, you can write a short story. You can write narrative prose, something along that lines. You can do it as a free write. I don't care. Um, or a semi-free write, not really an actual free write because it's very structured. Um, I don't want you to overthink it. I just kind of want you to spit it out, you know, go as far as a, a, a thought train will take you and then jump track and just keep going. And like I said, later on, you can go back and piece the pieces together. So it's a continue. I just want you to get in that, that continuous flow of writing to the scenario so that you get all those really good, fun unthought of ideas don't overthink it that's when you surprise yourself with that inner voice it's a really good way to develop that inner voice to make it stronger to make you listen to it more which is really important all right so the scenario that i'm going to give you and this is gonna this is a really fun one i got excited when i when i did this one <laughs> it's like oh i want to i want to i want to do this yes sometimes i even do my own homework um <laughs> I want you to write a story. Else goes to sleep. You wake up. You know things about the dark, secret things. You see things in the dark that other people don't. And while they're sleeping, you, what? What do you do? I mean, there's so many different ways you could make this one dance. Seriously, how fun of a concept is this? Um, you know, and, and I think the reason maybe I like it is because I love times. On, you, I've got stuff written on my page about that, you know, about when the world goes to sleep. It's, I love the nighttime. I absolutely love the nighttime. And it really is what I would go out for walks a lot. And it really is like a completely different world. The world at night when the windows are dark is completely different than the world during the day. And I used to do things like um, when I lived in Wyoming and Colorado and Utah and we'd get lots of snow and I would wake up or it would start snowing late at night. And I had a couple of friends that used to do this too. And I may have told you guys about this before, but I had a box in the trunk of my car and it was my snowman kit. And I would just throw all kinds of random, stupid, dumb stuff in that box. It looked like a junk drawer box with just crazy stuff in it, but it would snow. And either myself or a, a group of friends and I would go out and we would make random snowmen in the middle of the night when people are sleeping. We were like these secret snowmen elves. And we'd go to the ATM and build a snowman. And we had our, like our little trowels and our butter knives and our spoons. I mean, we would carve these things beautiful. But we would make an, a snowman at an ATM machine, taking out money. Or we would have a pregnant lady sitting in the parking lot pregnant lady snowman sitting in the parking lot of the hospital or 
you know, have a lady standing outside of a bar with a Bible in her hand and a rolling pin waiting for her husband to come out. You know, it, it was just crazy the stuff we would do in the middle of the night. Or I would I would go for walks at night and I would always like if I would go somewhere and I see the little hats, I always buy little hats. Right. And I'd go for walks at night and I would stick hats on people's yard statues. You know, like somebody would wake up and there would be, you know, their their little Jesus statue in their garden with a sombrero on it. You know, or there would be their little lawn gnome, you know, with a Red Sox baseball cap, little baseball cap on it. You know, you, you didn't, I just, I just, you know, and people would, you know, same houses, same walking routes. <laughs> Every once in a while, they'd just wake up and some the, the hat person had stuck again. Or I'd, I'd walk around at night and take pictures of animals in garbage cans and alleys with I had this real crazy night lens on my camera. And so it's just, it's a different world. So I want you to really think about that when you're writing this. All right. So once again, I want you to write a story where when everyone else goes to sleep, you wake up. You wake up because you see, you know things about the dark, secret things. You see the hidden things in the dark that others, people don't see, that others don't see. And while they're sleeping, you, what? So there's your scenario. Have fun. Write as much or as little as you like, just write. Now, you're writing exercise number two. We've been doing pick apart a prompt. And with this, I want you to really realize that what you do with a prompt before you write to it is much more important than what you write to it. So you pick apart a prompt, you are not going to write a poem to this. I just simply want you to write the prompt at the top of the page and then make a list down the page of everything that you could think of to write to that prompt. Like, you know, such as the prompt for tonight is red rubber ball. Think about red rubber ball and you're gonna make a list of poems you could write to red rubber ball. And what's the very first thing you're gonna write? schoolyard grade school something like that that's a knee-jerk answer that's a knee-jerk response I want you to get past those obvious thought patterns that you have in your head and dig deeper really dissect this prompt and figure out all the different ways you could write a poem to that title all the things it could stand for the things it could symbolize it could be a metaphor for the way, so just sit down and start writing every single idea you have that you could write to that title. All the twists, all the angles, all the things it could be. Once again, red rubber ball. All right, top of the page, write all your ideas. I promise you somewhere along the lines an idea is going to grab you and you're just going to keep writing. But until that happens, write as many as you can. <laughs> Next, we were doing prompts. That was your pick apart prompt. Okay, next we're doing prompts. Now that I've totally steered you away from writing poems, what I'm going to do is now I'm going to have you write poems because, you know, we love poetry. We love writing poetry, blah, 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 good stuff. <laughs> so I'm going to give you four. So keep your write number one to one through four on your page, right? I'm going to give you four prompts, and these prompts you can prompt, prompts are kind of like a seed. There's supposed to be a poem, a seed planted, 
you're meant to grow in. It can be, you know, grown to a poem. It can be the title of your poem. It can be a line in your poem, or it can be the general concept of your poem. Right, but it has to be one of those things. It has to be the title, a line in, or the concept of. I'm giving you four. So you can write four different poems, or you can use all four of them in one poem, or you can be really creative and really push yourself and, and do a whole bunch of mix and matches, or just jumble all the words and take one from line one and one from line three and one from, but it has to be, you know, just do whatever you want. I can't tell you what to do. You do what you want. I'm not the boss of you even though I try to sound like I am by giving you all this homework. One through four. Once again, the title of, the line in, or the general concept of your poem. Prompt number one, the sound of the stars. The sound of the stars. Number two, footprints are removed. Footprints are removed. Number three, glass horses. Glass horses. You know, like giddy up, yeehaw. Yeah. Glass horses. Number four, lives fully its hour. Lives fully its hour, like one hour. It lives fully its hour. Lives fully its hour. The sound of the stars. Footprints are removed. Glass horses. Lives fully its hour. Those are your four poetry prompts for this week. Now, we normally do poetry prompt number two, which is that's my line, stolen poetry prompt. But we will not be doing it this week. In fact, last week will be the last one we do for the That's My Line being left in the, left in the incredible lines we shared of Mr. Philip Kent Church, who gave us so many of our wonderful That's My Line poetry prompts. It is going to be retired in the memory of Philip Kent Church. Also on that line, uh, we will be doing a memorial show for page for the um, information on that. Michael Todd wrote a beautiful piece that he'll be reading during that show and sent me a copy of it. And it just, it was awesome. So we're going to be sharing a lot of his work. We're going to be talking with his friends. We are going to be sharing works that we've written of his memories. Um, I'm going to be trying to get some, if I can figure out how this program works, I'm going to be trying to get some of the, the best of moments off of some of the shows where he's called in and and he's such an important part of our family, and we love him and miss him very much. So starting next week, we will be changing up our second poetry prompt. The second poetry prompt is going to be writing a response collaboration, combination or continuation or retaliation. I don't know. What is it? Oh, wait. What what is that you ask? <laughs> well, all right. I just have to find out next week, huh? How's that for the edge of the seat cliffhanger for you? All right. So yeah, poetry prompt number two, 
new one coming next week, we will be starting a series called Writing a Response Collaboration. That's next week. I kind of, I kind of, I was going to do it this week, but I, I've got one that I had written, so I was going to share it, and the one that was written too, the collaboration was written too. But the first show of the month, I have to read anyway, per my agreement with you guys. <laughs> so I figured I'll just kill two birds with one stone, and we'll start it next week. That's so. I had it almost halfway done, and it's like, no, wait, wait, ah. Yeah, I was cheating. All right, you guys, that is our writing assignments. If you happen to miss any of those or I got you mixed up or lost somewhere along the way, just don't worry about it. When the show's over, you can come back, listen to the show archive, write it down, and go from there. In fact, if you're sitting there some night and you're thinking, hmm, I don't know what to do, then just listen to the first 15 minutes of any of our shows, and you'll be able to get those. You'll be able to find those and start writing to them. Next, I'm going to play an audio track. If you're a recording artist and you would like to have your piece played on the air, you can do so by emailing it to me to the, T-H-E, the speakeasycafe at gmail.com. Put audio tracks, uh, something like that, MP3 file in the subject line. That way I can see it. I'll get it uploaded to the show's library and we'll play it for the world and it will be awesome. The piece that I am going to start the show with tonight is by, I think that I'm going to do Table for Two. No, let's do, let's do Love Sick. I really love that one, probably because I produced it with him. So this is a poem written by Written in Pain called Love Sick, and I did the production for him. It's one of my favorites. It's just, you'll love it. Here you go. We'll be right back. Love sick. Flee from me, oh love. Depart from the reach of high. Gather with you your empty vows and false promises, declarations of immortality. Move from me, oh. Love, why the mere mention of your wicked existence only aids in the decomposition of what you have left of my depleted body. Love, I want no parts of you. You, you are the cloak, the soul is used to attack the Love, do not even acknowledge your existence. Curses to your falsehood, your salted kisses and bitter lies. Oh, love, leaving me in a worse state than when I was found for now. I crave you. Yes, love, craving you without reason, you have robbed me of my very sanity. Love, you have rendered me 
unable to love myself. Since this be so, let me be filled with damnation or nothing at all. Let me be voided of even my own existence, for I am grown sick of love from hair to skin to the very marrow of my bones. Pain has me pent up. I can feel the walls closing in. Try not to ball up while looking for a pressure pin. Deep, dark, beyond measuring. Digging, trying to find what it is that I am treasuring. Love dealt me a hand. I could not hold it. I folded. I once had a heart of gold and someone stole it. Then they stole it. It equates to scattered screams and shattered dreams. Dreams that don't vision clearly screams. When no one hears me muted while mutated. Degraded, degraded, decimated while painfully educated till I am emotionally eradicated. The road to nowhere is endless. Booted by lost premise. See, my life's motivation was hijacked, kidnapped by a hater and a lover's mask. Trick me, treat me, beat me. Like a hyena when you eat me. Laughing at me while gnashing at me. Trust is protection, I have no weapons. Love is leverage, it aids deception. I must be a bullseye, they keep aiming disregard in my direction. My life is death row, where's my injection? Since the arms of despair is my only affection, I evade love without detection. I've grown sick from love's infection. Unshielded, no deflection. Pain. It's got me pent up while the walls are closing in. I'm trying not to ball up while looking for pressure pins. Love. Sweet love, move from high, for I love you not. That was written in pain. Indeed it was. I absolutely love that piece. All right, guys, if you're on hold, we'll be getting to you momentarily. If you'd like to call in and read tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. All righty. Your calls will be taken in the order that you've called in, such as area code 731 is our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please introduce yourself. That's vitally important. You want to make sure that people know who is reading 
and that your name is attached to your work. You're virtually, literally, uh, virtually, literally, virtually publishing your poetry on the airwaves. So you don't want to send your work ever out into this world without your name connected to it. So make sure that you introduce yourself. All right. Next thing, you can do two poems. It does look like we are having some line issues. So if you're trying to call in and you're getting a fast, busy signal, the chat should be coming up, hopefully. Uh, if you don't have the chat, then just keep refreshing your page, see if it opens for you. And again, if you're getting that fast, busy signal, just keep trying and we will be able to get you on. You can do two poems to start out with. If the lines get too busy later on in the show, then and we may need to cut that back to one. If that happens, I will let you know. But right now you can do two poems, and if we have line issues, you can do 20. Next, when you're done reading, make sure that you give out your URL. You wanna make sure that people know how to find you so they can come and visit you and get to know you and your work better. Start creating your creative and inspirational writing community, social media, fellowship, whatever you wanna call it. And then lastly, remember that we are a mature rated show. So I never know what we're going to hear when we unmute the mic. It could be anything. With the exception of hardcore erotica. No bumping body parts. No tab and a slut B. We don't need to, to hear the bad words. Serial. No, I hate to say bad words. There's no bad words. Um, the adult porn poems. There's some great shows for those. We just can't do them here because of our rating. Don't push that envelope. You you know what I'm talking about. So other than that, you're good to go. So I'm going to go ahead and give the first three callers so you kind of have a heads up where you are. We have 731, then 219, then 419. All righty. So let's go ahead and bring on area code 431. 431, you're on the air. Hello, Miss Nala. Did I hear you say acrostics? Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna feature acrostics. That's uh, that's pretty Acrostic. cool. Acrostic. Acrostic. Okay. I, I my feeling is that that the acrostic is like the uh, it's the most fun thing there is to write, other than a sonnet. I and know. What I like to what I like to do is I like to write acrostic sonnets. They are a blast. I've written <laughs> many. Really, I, I, the last post that I did on on the uh, blog site was in the Kelly Agadon series. I, mm-hmm. One of the poems was was uh, an acrostic. Kelly Russell Agadon. Mm-hmm. That was so- my favorite part of the whole thing. Michael, let me ask you something. Yes, ma'am. Do you remember back in my space days when you came to me and asked me to work on a blog with you? And I was like, ugh. And you talked me into it, and I told you the only reason I was doing it was because it was you. Uh, I believe and we you, did this. I believe, you said, I believe you said no one ever says no to Michael's. Michael Todd. Yeah. It's true. It's true. No, they don't. It's true. So I want to ask you. So I just, I bring that up because I want you to remember that I did that for you. Because I'm going to ask you to do something for me. What's up? (laughs) Not that I'm keeping score or anything. But 
I would really, really, really like it if we could figure out a way for you to do a workshop on how to write a sonnet. And we've got a workshop that Philip did. Some time or plan stuff doesn't matter, but but I would really, because I know how much you love sonnets, and you've been trying to get me to write a sonnet forever. So I figured if we worked on a workshop, or you know that I want to write a, son, a sonnet, so you've been provoking me to do so. Um, but I would really like that. I want you to think about it. Don't say yes or no now. Just think about it. And and doing a workshop on writing sonnets and explaining what a sonnet is and you know why they're fun and, and what makes them cool and ways to make them easy to write. Well, so. it helps to be a word master. It helps oh, well, to have. Shit, I'm out of luck. It helps. It, it helps to have a rhyming obsession. Once you get started, you can't quit. It helps to live in the mid south where we can get three syllables out of the word hey. Hey. So we'll talk about it off offline. Let's read some poetry. Since we okay. since you got me thinking about Kelly Russell Agaton, which you know, the wind blowing makes me think of her. I want to read a couple of her poems. I'll read two of them. I'll read one for me, then I'll read one for you. How's that? Okay. All right. First one's for me. This is one that she published uh, on the Glass Poetry Press. That's what it's called. Yeah. It's called, I Don't Own Anxiety, But I Borrow It Regularly, by Kelly Russell Hagedon. Once I believed the saint I carried could keep me safe. He lived in a rain jacket I wore to keep out the weather, and by weather I mean danger, where no one dies. That story begins in heaven, ends in heaven, and includes chapters on heaven, heaven, and heaven. It's not really story, but a wish or concern. Sometimes I wonder if there's one moment where no one is dying, where we all exist on this planet without loss, but there are too many of us doing foolish things. Someone is always sipping the arsenic. Someone is always spinning a gun. And then add old age, misfortune, a tree that's leaned too long in the forest and a family of five headed off for a hike. We cannot predict our tragedies. We can't plan a party for the apocalypse because friends of the apocalypse know the apocalypse always shows up uninvited and with a bag of half-eaten chips. That is why some of us wake up in the middle of the night looking for saints. And maybe your saint is the moon or maybe your phone or maybe it's that moment you walk out the door to look up at the stars to the heavens. You're still alive. In peace. I love that. You know, I when I, I googled her and was she has her own Wikipedia page. How cool is that, by the way? Yeah, you should, you, all you gotta do is just Google her name, and she's all over the internet. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah I really, I really enjoy her work a lot. A lot, a lot. What's the second one you're going to read? The second one, this one's for you because you're going to like melt over this one, okay? I got to step aside and put myself in the right voice for this. I don't mess it up. This is, uh, it's called uh, Queen Me. And uh, 
I'm reading this from where it was posted in the Los Angeles Review. Queenie by Kelly Russell Agadon. Playing chess, I realized how tired I am of the patriarchy, how the winning move involves the king, the useless piece who can only skate square to square. When playing checkers, I taught my daughter to say she slides her plastic red chip the full length of the board, queen me. It returns to my youth when I wanted to play baseball, and the coach said, girls can only play softball. It tossed me what looked like a small leather planet, queen me. I wanted to say when I couldn't be captain of the kickball team, couldn't play Santa in the school show, queen me, my daughter says to the neighborhood boy who without question places another checker on her piece. Later I hear him say to my daughter, queen me, as they begin another game. Queen me, he says again and again. As the universe begins to shift like a tilted tiara finally made right. Queen me, I say to the moon, while sitting on my porch, my family asleep, unknowing how sometimes my crown is made from worry while all the gems are made from hope. In peace. That one you said that you read the first one or the second one you read for me. That was that was really more for you. To, yeah. The second one. Yeah. I cannot tell you. I was hoping that you would say that because I cannot tell you how that poem resonated with me. I can't think of how many times someone told me I couldn't do something because I was a girl. In fact, you want to hear a horrible story? There, everyone else has to shut up because I'll just tell you this story, okay? Nobody else listens. Far away. Lay it on me. When I was married, we were living in Utah. I, I was from Oregon, but we moved to Utah when I got married. And he was going deer hunting, and I wanted to go deer hunting. And so, you know, we went deer hunting, and all was fine and good. And then... Elk season came around. I just liked the going camping part. The elk season came around and I wanted to go elk hunting and told me girls don't elk hunt. And it's like, why? And he says, well, there's a lot of hiking up and down hills and stuff like that. And I was furious. I was like, first of all, I'm counterbalanced in the front. I can walk up a hill a hell of a lot better than you. Because I'm not going to fall backwards, first of all. And second of all, it made me so mad that I went down to the 7-Eleven and I got one of the big fat Slurpee straws just for about a week, right? No lie, true story. Called him in the bathroom one day and I said, look, you person, <laughs> I can pee standing up just like you. I'm going elk hunting. And he hawked my rifle the next day and I didn't get to go. But that's so... While you're reading that poem and they're talk, you're talking about, you know, I wanted to play baseball and they said girls only play softball. And they tossed her this, this giant, ridiculous planet looking ball. I knew, I mean, that, that made that, that made that flood of things, that defiance in me. That one, especially that one line, just that one line hit me so hard. And it just brought this whole flood of images and that sinking in my heels into the mud part of me to life vibrantly. I loved it. It was awesome. Great. Great. I'm glad you shared that one. Fantastic. 
Well, like I say, you can Google her. Spell her name right. It always helps. K-E-L-L-I-R-U-S-S-E-L-L-A-O-G-D-O-N. Agadon. I pronounced it right the very first time. I'm so proud of you. Uh, anyway, if you can Google www.agadon.com, and that's that's her site. And it's got her books and stuff, too. But anyway, uh, you know what time it is now? It's time to say goodnight to you. It's time for me to step aside and make room for the real poets. Thanks for your time this time. Until next time, so long. Thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome. We'll we'll talk to you soon, hon. Love you, sweetie. Bye. Too bye. I cannot believe I told you guys that silly story. That's a true story, though. That happened. Don't tell me I can't do something because I'll do it. All right, all right, all right. Our next caller, area code 219. 219, you're on the air. Hey, now, how you doing? This is Brother Ohm, all in from East Chicago, Indiana. How you doing this evening? I am doing awesome, Brother O. It is very good to hear from you. What's going on in your world? Uh, I just, uh, I, uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. I just go out of town to take care of some uh Important, important health matters, but everything, everything, everything is good. You sound good. Thank you. You sound good. All right. So, what'd you bring us tonight? Yeah, this poem is called "Change Your Attitude in Order to Improve Your Altitude." In order to improve your altitude in life, you must be willing to change your attitude. My dear brothers and sisters, your attitude is the main barometer that determines your altitude in life. You choose how high or how low you will go. Your attitude makes the difference between success and failure. How much effort you put in your endeavors determines your net worth. Your attitude determines whether people love you or hate you. Either you will have many friends or many enemies. Your attitude can either make you a valuable asset or a risky liability. And your attitude is comparable to an airplane preparing to take off or make a landing. Your approach is very critical in this situation. If you possess a positive attitude, you are generally more likely to cast off positive vibrations. People are more willing to provide assistance and look out for you when it's needed. You are loved more often and have more friends. And your health is better due to having stressful situations with a positive mindset. You attract success. You attract more wealth and prosperity. You attract more opportunities for yourself. You attract the right people in your life. And you give off a, such a sweet aroma like cakes, cookies, and pies baking in the oven. On the flip side, if you possess a negative attitude, chances are that you will have more enemies and adversaries. People will automatically be turned off by you. For you will give off a body order of a man or woman is taking a bath or shower over a month, and you will attract many negative vibrations. You attract negativity, you attract the wrong types of people, 
you'll be a lonely man or woman in this world, and don't nobody want to be bothered with you. Having a negative attitude is equivalent to having a flat tire in your car. You ain't going nowhere in life unless you change it. And until you decide to change your attitude, you still smell funny. And don't nobody want to be around somebody with a messed up attitude. My dear brothers and sisters, your attitude determines how far into the atmosphere you travel in life. And it's squarely up to you to keep a positive attitude no matter what life throws at you. Choice is yours. And poem. Cause and effect chain of event. You know, if you're if you're going to expect something, you have to. You know, if you if you want to fly, you have to learn how to take off the ground. Going along with your analogy, so great piece of work, dear. Thank you. You're welcome, Nile. I appreciate it. <laughs> you're very welcome. You're very welcome. So, tell everyone how they can find you. Oh, uh, these ladies and gentlemen. Those of you who are not connected with me yet on Facebook, I can be following the name of my brother O'Gavin on Facebook. Really simple, ladies and gentlemen. Just just type in my name, you'll find it. And uh feel free to connect with me. Post radio quotes. Uh say what I got going on in my world. And as always, thank you for your support every week. Thank you, sweetheart. Great job tonight, honey. You're welcome. I appreciate it. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be back next week. All right, brother. Uh, we'll see you then. Okay. Bye-bye, take honey. care. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller. Where did she? Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 419. 419, you are on the air. Good evening, Nyla. Agent 419 signing in for duty. Good, my dear. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm trying to be good. <laughs> That's a good thing. Trying is important. Yeah, it's it's E for effort. <laughs> exactly. Uh, too much going on right now, so it's just crazy. But try to fit in some guitar, try to fit in writing poetry, and I wrote one tonight. It's actually my very first, like, the one I want to share tonight is, like, my very first, like, copy, you know, editing, whatever, just what I came up with. So I wanted to try to read that tonight, if you don't mind. Please. It's called Life Lesson, Love One Another. Because that's my favorite quote in the Bible. I'm not a religious person because I don't believe in organized religion, but I do believe in God. So that's my take, love one another, and that's what this world needs. So mine is called Life Lesson. Okay. Why are you so filled with hatred? The sea you set your sail is so tumultuous. Why are your actions and words so damning? To who do you think you hold your breath, let alone your thoughts? Your insults, so vile as they roll off of your tongue. Tell me why you think you are the chosen one. To only have what you think that matters. To never see another side. There can never be depth in life when your soul decides to linger in the shallows. Despicable atrocity of a human being to cast your hate upon anyone. Who are you to judge? What makes you so self-righteous? Just look in the mirror. See the very image that you have become. See where life gets you with venomous tongue, never knowing what love is, even if it hits you square in the ass. Closing your shut-off valve to the permanent off position, your life led you right to a life of juxtaposition. An eye for an eye 
You only get what you give. What is a life like brandished by hate? How does that work for you? All past relationships weren't that great. Nothing solid to ever hold on to because you pushed them all away with all of your kindness and love. We all are given lessons in life. We have a chance to redeem ourselves and to learn. However, some souls walk blind, never to be receptive of the light. Their lives take a long time, as their suffrage has them wallowing in pieces and in pain. The lesson of life is to love, with your actions, with your words. But your words, they slice right to the core, piercing the heart. We are what we emit. Some give sunshine, while others give rain. Some are guided by the light, and they let their light shine. Only the souls of the blessed are able to see the light. While others dwell in the darkness, they are swallowed up and are contagious. As negativity breathes, it is such a maddening, cantankerous disease. And each day we live, and in every breath we take, there indeed exist lessons to be learned, self-taught. We take some, we leave some. Some of us move forward. Some of us end up to only stay behind. Love is a gift to hold on to, given and granted. Just let love lead the way. Because with God at the helms of our own battleship, and we acknowledge him as our captain, only then, with the love in our hearts, he can lead us home. And peace. Ah, That was beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank You're you. welcome. Hey, are you going to read two, honey? Um, I uh, I didn't have another one that I had. Oh, uh, you could maybe come back to me or something if you want to. I just didn't have another one out. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't plan on two of them. <laughs> you are not. You are not well trained. I know, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Do you want me to come back to you? If Why you don't want you to, yeah. press one? Why don't you press one when I after I mute you? Press one to get out of the lineup, and then press one again to come back in. Okay, I can do that. Okay, that'll work. I can do that. That way you can okay. you'll have time right, to find you. one. Yeah, I'll do that. Yep. Okay, and before you go though, tell everyone how to find you. Um, I'm on Facebook, Poetical Intrigue, um, Shelly Gambino, and I have my own page, Poetical Intrigue, not to be confused with political, and um, that's where I post all my poetry, which I've been lacking because I've got a lot of stuff going on in my personal life, but I hope to get some out there real soon, too. And I'm starting to the, take away because I'm trying to put stuff to music, so I've been playing my guitar and trying to learn myself, ta- self-taught that, um, and want to one day take my poems and incorporate it into music, so I've been busy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I tried, Nyla. <laughs> With the biggest, it's deepest not, breath. That's I why said. I say, and I say it all the time, that we aren't just poets. We are creative people. You know, we have a lot right, of things right. that if we sat down and thought about the things that we do that are creative, I think yeah. we would amaze ourselves. I think we have to be in a creative mindset because I don't feel good about myself if I don't create. And I've always been like that. It's like, it's, I don't know. It makes you go kind of stir crazy in the brain. Yeah, and we're all yeah. going to learn lessons and stuff and guess being our own teacher and being a student and all that stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> I get it. Uh, yeah. All right. Right? All right. We we will Thank see you. you back here in just a little bit. Yeah, I will I can go pull my book out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, hon. All right. You. Yep. You're Bye-bye. welcome, sweetheart. Bye. 
Bye. Thank you. Bye. All righty. Call muted. Oh, my board is being so silly tonight. That is me singing, so I can. Oh, she has to call back in. She her call dropped. All right. Next caller, area code seven five seven. You are on the air. Hey, now it's Tamiko Barnett. Hey, baby, how I say? I don't know what I was to say. There was two words coming out of my mouth at the same time, and and so my new pet name for you is Paby. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi, baby. I, was nervous I, heard the <laughs> I don't. Tea and I was like, uh oh, what is she getting ready to call me? Okay, what? I think it was going to be precious. I don't know, but it, you are now baby to me. <laughs> and that is a very endearing, unique term only unto you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you tell me what it means, I will send you $50. It's a combination night. between precious and baby. <laughs> that don't count. Anyway, look. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You you know what? Okay. Anyway, this is starting off well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so how you been doing? I've been doing really well. I've been okay. I've been okay. Good, good, good. Um, I just have one tonight. I was gonna try to do two, but um, I didn't write it. I just got the title for it, and um. Oh, and if you don't mind, I have a suggestion for your segment. You said some other title in the segment with your mm-hmm. normal exercises. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you always doing the inkwell with the workshops. Why don't you just, you know, it's the inkwell or the, a touch of inkwell or something. I don't know. Just... That is a really good idea because that is what our workshops, when we do our recorded workshops, they are the inkwell. Awesome. Great idea. All right, I will play with that. Thank you, my love. Thank you, baby. (laughs) Okay. All right, I'm going to have to come up with something for you. Nalicia. (laughs) Nalicia. You have to put Nyla and Alicia together. Nalicia, that's your new name. Okay. Uh, (laughs) The poem I have is... uh, It's called A Toast to Peace. All right. Here's to the noise that disturbs the peace, pulling one back into sweet release, just like a gentle good night that is not the final sleep. Ultimately, there is peace in power. Ultimately, is I love that. That's a very good one for me to hear right now. Okay, good. I'm I'm glad. Thank you. Made me think. Made me think of Philip. Oh. Mm-mm. So it's beautiful. Yeah. That's cool. So, so are you going to read two, honey? 
Not right. No, not tonight. Um, I, like I said, I had a second one, but what? I, well, I haven't done it yet, so it's just a title right now. So I need to work on it. But I wanted okay. to share that one. So yeah, that's all. I have. Oh, that one was awesome. I loved it. Thank you. Oh, Tell everyone how to find you, girl. Um, Facebook, um, Tamiko, T-A-M-E-K-O, Barnett with an E on the end, uh, poetrysoup.com forward slash M-E, me, forward slash T-A-M-E-K-O, the number one and the number three. And um, there's some other poetry and things written out there. Um, Timbook2.com, T-I-M-B-O-O-K-T-U.com, um, and some other sites and stuff. I think there's some things floating around um, <laughs> from way, way back when I first got online back in 96, 97. <laughs> and I don't remember none of them sites' names. But anyway, <laughs> there's probably some stuff floating around, though, under my name. But um, yeah, that's how you. Can have you ever me. Googled yourself? I have a few times, and it's always a treat every time I do it. <laughs> I have found a poem on the site, and I had no idea who these people are. No idea. <laughs> I, I know these people. Like who are these people? <laughs> like, I found I found the, the links to the show. I found. Um, you know, like the 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 show player embedded on the places, uploaded live streaming sites. I found mm. it's just crazy. Like, yeah, I I I Google the show too once in a while just see what's going on with it. Mm-hmm. Make sure you guys make sure you guys are leaving good reviews. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Alrighty. All right, Thank my you. sweetheart. Fantastic job tonight. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. If you think of another one that you want to do, then just call right back in, okay? Okay, I will. All right, honey. We'll talk to you in a little bit. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from... There we go. Come on. Okay, hang on a second. We're we're having problem issues here. All right, I think I've got Tamika muted. And eight nine eight four, are you with me? Nine eight four, that would be me. <laughs> Hi, sweetheart. How are you? I'm all right. I thought today was Friday, and then I and then I got this thing from like the invite, and I'm like. Then I thought today was Saturday, and I was like, "What fucking day is it?" <laughs> I'm like, "Why the hell is she doing the show today?" <laughs> right, right. Little did I know. I never keep up with days. I, don't, I know a few people like that myself. You know, that are like that that they just don't give a shit what, what day it is. You know. I but might I guess- be kind of one of those people, or turning into one of those people, because I have an alarm on my phone for the day and five hours before the show starts. 
just remind me. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Thursday. Yeah, that's the only alarm. Yeah. So, so what do you got um, for us tonight, honey? What's going on? All right. Um, all right. Uh, hold on. Let me let me do this real quick. I'm just going to flip on flip on some headphones, okay? Um, okay. Before I can kind of weed weed the noise that doesn't stop. So tell me about this shit with the ninety nine cent uh, uh, bank account robbery that you had. Oh, so crazy. So those of you that don't know are not on my Facebook page or don't like, you know, stalk me and know everything that goes on in my life. I never post anything private about my life anyway. You know, you've known me for a long time. I've never done that. But I sat there the other day and I was getting onto my account because I had to transfer some money to an online account, right? So I get onto my bank account and I look at it and I don't know. I mean, it's like divine intervention that I happened to get on my my account that day because the day prior somebody had gotten onto my account and 99 cents at a time over the span of one day took hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars 99 cents at a time and drained my account completely and so that's I posted kind of, online because it just totally scene. freaked me the hell out. And some people did some research on the site, and it is a – it's called Blue – oh, what in the hell was it? Blue something. Blue City. Blue something. Blue – I don't remember. Blue something, but it's a gay porn site where you get charged 99 cents per message. Okay? So first of all, I spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars – on men who wouldn't even want to date me. I mean, that's sucky, right? <laughs> and you, I'm you, broke. You, you, might, <laughs> you, might, you, might, you might be an undercover transsexual. <laughs> Something. You know, you guys don't know. I, could, I, could, you know, I do got kind of a low voice. This is true. Um, but seriously, it's, it's, a, it's a, a gay dating app on Google that somebody – but it had to be – there's no way because basically there was like a transaction every single second. Yeah, right? somebody clipped their one after another after, after another. Card. So it was something. It was something else. It was nobody can send a message a second. So somebody, I think a company that does spam got a hold of my card and went on this gay site and spammed messaged all these people using my card. Is what I think hey, happened. Nigerians, Ukrainians. The Julians, the Ukrainians, uh, probably Russians, you know, if, yeah, who knows? I mean, somebody's doing some it. Somebody's got to be doing it. <laughs> but yeah, it just yeah, blew my mind. It totally like freaked it me out. I'm just sitting nowadays. there. You should have saw my face. My face just absolutely hit the floor. I'm just staring at the well, screen you, like, what the hell? Did your bank not yeah. refund you the money? They... The bank can refund me the money up to 10 transactions. There were thousands of transactions. So the account got closed, and they are doing a fraud report thing. They have to send me paperwork and all this because they have to do an investigation on it because there's thousands of them, which makes it a pretty big deal, I guess. 
I don't know. Well, thousands of them so would be thousands be, of dollars. It's going to be up to, okay, maybe thousands is a little bit. I didn't have thousands in that account. I had more than one. Yeah, it's pretty wicked, though. Almost two. All right, so, yeah, so let me get through these two, okay? Um, so okay. you keep on with your, your show. <laughs> did the I stall for you long enough? <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, okay. you'd be the perfect cook in, you know. Yeah, he's getting on stage. Just, you know, let me tell you about the time I got robbed. Now I'm, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Yeah, you'd be perfect at the at the at the show or at the you know at some comedy show, you know, where you know they're waiting for the comedian to come out and he's drunk on his ass and like he'll be out in a minute. Let me tell you about the time that you know everybody <laughs> thought he was a transsexual and hit me up on gay porn for ninety nine cents every right, few right. seconds. Right, right, I spent thousands of dollars on guys who wouldn't even want to date me. It, I mean, that's the punchline to me. All that money that went on guys who don't, wouldn't give a shit about me. I mean, right. it was money for nothing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. That that that's actually a punchline too, isn't it? Money for nothing, mm-hmm. you know? It's like I didn't even get off. I I didn't even climb that. I mean, come on, exactly. you know? Certainly, they no could have buying me dinner. I haven't been taken to no show. I don't care if it's freaking. Liza Minnelli or not, I love Liza Minnelli. Jeez, a lot, the, the, at Maybe least I am you gay. Sent me a, you know, at least you could have sent me a dildo or something, right? <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> Reminds me of a poem I wrote one time. Uh, I go. Not that. Go ahead. Like that just dug me into a hole. I don't want to get out of. Okay. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Now you got me laughing because I really want to hear this poem. So you're going to have to send it to me. Um, I can read it to you. I'll find it. I'll, if I can find it, I'll read it to you before you're done. All right. Bastards are born every day fighting the uphill challenge. The latter is out of reach. Never had a family, didn't need one. Got a birth certificate with two names on it. The third is mine with minimal details. A hospital, a city, a time stamp. When I came into this world. Not much more than that. Bastards are born every day. Got a wicked heart that disagrees with about everything. Got a mind that is never complete, questions everything. Bastards are born every day. Got a girl who had lineage, thought she could give me something she thought I thought I was missing. Well, she couldn't. The hard fact of this is, bastards are born every day. And they die, just like everyone else. It's called Bastard Born Every Day. My name is Doug Phil. I love that one. You've been writing some yeah, really, cool. really good stuff. You've been writing some really good stuff. You've been posting some really good stuff lately. I mean, you always do. Yeah. Yeah. The, there, there's the like something's going on I, in your life and you're shifting. There, there's a focus shift in your poetry um, that I've been noticing. I don't know what's going on in your life. But something's going on in like your life right now that's affecting what you're writing. I can tell you. I can tell you exactly what it is. It's just, uh, it's a matter of uh, of maturing as a public, probably number one, and um, aligning just a lot of different life experiences up. Like it was, I was telling some a person I knew today. I was telling her like, you know, I told you not to take my shit personally. You know, you broke new rule number one. She goes, you know, rule number one, what, in pipe club? And I'm like, 
No, new world number one. Don't take my shit personally. Because as much experience as I've got, and as old as I am, and as long as I've been writing, I can put myself into anybody's situation or any situation, and people, the reader will think that that's me. But it's not always me. There might be some inclusions of, of me in there, you know, but, um, but when it all comes down to it, I have to fortify that poem with, you know, measures and bounds and redundancies that uh, I have to, like, go explore, you know. So, you know, and I, I think that's one thing that people don't understand about um, clicking poetry is, like, you know, like I had this editor hit me up and go, oh, I think your poetry is great, but, you know, I'd like to change a few things so that it could be better. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, mm. and he goes, you don't have to reply. You don't have to change it. I'm like, you know what? Uh, let me get your credit card number so I can send it to the gay porn site, okay? <laughs> and, and you can deal with them, okay? <laughs> I mean, seriously, you know, I think an editor is okay in some respect, you know, like if you're writing a movie or if you're writing like a, a, a theater play or, but, you know, I've made my name off of writing poetry completely different than most people, you know, so... You know, I'm going to stand by that. You know, I use, you know, it, it came down to the usage of two, 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 two words. Um, in fact, hold on, let me see if I'm going to read that one. Mm, I don't know if I am, but, uh, uh, yeah, I think this is the one. Yeah, this is the one that he critiqued. I was like, uh, okay, so let me get into this. I remain indifferent. Change comes every day, but I miss you. Can't say no to my broken heart. Like you, I'm throwing rocks at glass houses. The problem is the windows don't break. Bahala awaits weapons drawn. They never saw us coming. They still don't see me. I've taken your advice, remained invisible to a world passing by. I've got a few problems since you slipped out. Can't find love. And I know you would say, don't let it hurt, find someone. But it does. It does hurt. I've got problems. The trust. I only recognize the animal inside of me, the natural and the beauty of the instinct within. My best friends aren't human. I have become indifferent. I'm ready to join you. In Bahala. But the gods that be are keeping us separated. I'm trying to do this in the way we discussed, but it gets harder. Every time my foot moves forward, fuck it. Just let me say it. I miss you. Please don't be displeased with my momentarily encounter of weakness in the state of loneliness. I'll keep being a warrior. I'll die by the sword. I'll go into battle like the king I am. And Valhalla will prepare a wedding, a bed for you and I. Never to be separated again. Just hold on. You should know the name of that song. I don't know the name of that poem. 
You're giving me too much wedding. The hollow wedding. You're giving me too much recall credit. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Do you remember who you're talking to? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I love uh, that one. You know. Yeah, that's about uh, somebody that I knew very personally. It was a very, like you were saying earlier, very creative. An artist to the end degree, multi-talented. And um, during the tsunami in Japan, she was out there rolling in the mix and helping people out and rescuing animals and people and feeding them. And uh, she caught some kind of friggin' biochemical disease or something, but um, she uh, wound up with what was fine and died, you know, uh, <clears throat> before they could even operate, you know. So one day she was there, next day she was gone, you know. Incredible person, you know. So I don't usually tell you, tell people where my shit comes from, but that's where that one's from. You know, sometimes they have a home, and it's, the home is as much a part of the poem. Yeah, so did you find that poem? Yes. But how am I supposed to read my silly, dumb poem after you read something awesome like that? Actually, it would probably work very well because it would just relieve uh, all the, the, uh, the, you know, all that heaviness, you know. Okay, so you said ahead. the thing. You said the thing about the artificial body part that made me laugh, and it made me kind of think of this poem. All right, and this poem used to be called "Getting Lucky," but I am now renaming this poem. The title is now "After Google Apps Drain My Bank Account 99 Cents at a Time in One Day on Gay da- Porn Dating Apps on Men Who Would Absolutely Absolutely Have No Interest in Dating Me Ever." That's the new name of this poem. You ready? That's a great title. Yeah, go ahead. Dining alone, bored with the company. I'm paying for dinner. The least I could do is laugh at my own jokes. That's okay, though. I'm fairly confident my date's a sure thing. End poem. (laughs) That's more like a haiku or something. (laughs) I don't always (laughs) say a lot. (laughs) Right? That was good. That was great, actually. That was pretty, pretty fantastic. I think I think <laughs> you're the one. A couple of years ago, you said you you put out this message like, who can, uh, what's the longest title in a poem that you could write? And yeah. I think it was you, and it you was. had so much response on that, and I was like, oh, I got to get to this one. This is going to be great, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. I forget the poem that I that I wrote, but I I know I read many that were just absolutely fantastic, you know, you know it was just an it was an incredible plot and an incredible prompt, and it worked very well, you know. You should do that one again, by the way, you know, especially and you should put that one up as as a measure, you know what I mean? You know, the title can be actually be longer than the poem itself. <laughs> Yeah, that one's probably right, is longer. I think it is longer. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. That's funny as hell. All right. Let me let you go so you can get to these other uh, other poets, all right? All right, sweetie. We will talk to you in a little bit, hon. 
Great job tonight. Tate, right. you want to tell everyone how to find you first before you go? Facebook, Google, that kind of thing. You know, I, I, I don't. The message before the person, basically, is uh, something I picked up from a Joe Rogan show from this cop that they were asking him the same thing. Joe was asking him. And he said, you know, the message before the person, you know, Twitter, Facebook, you know, like, you don't have a website? Nah, you know. So it was an incredible show, by the way, if you ever want to watch it. I forget the other I know his first name is Michael, but it's uh, it, we'll go into that later. All right, I'll I'll write a piece about that one with a very long title because believe me, it would work. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, prompt that, prompt that. I'll I'll do it again in a heartbeat. All right, I will do that. Right, I will do please. that for you. All right, love then. you, girl. Love you too, sweetie. Bye. Bye. All righty, our next caller is Mr. Glenn Still. Uh, next caller. Next caller. 815-815, you're on the air. Hi, Nyla. Happy Thursday. It's Gina Storm. Hey, Miss Gina. How are you, my love? I'm good. Happy to it's be really, here. I love Thursday. Really good to hear from you. It's, yeah, it's Friday Eve. It's, it's the weekend. The weekend light. <laughs> so, uh, you was in queue already, but he's 202. Let me take a look. He is. Do you want me to bring him on with you? Please. Mr. King, darling, sir. Are you there? Hello, hello. How are you? Hey, what? Well, I'm awesome. I'm just I'm turning turning the show over to you two for a little bit. Go ahead. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Oh, Nyla, Nyla, can you give what? me the prompt again? I wanted to do I wanted to do a freestyle to the topic of bitter fruit. Was it bitter fruit from last week? Yeah, I wrote it down, and I don't know where it is. The ones from last week were scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I'm scrolling down. Eating the bitter parts. Eating the bitter parts. Eating the bitter parts. I got it. Okay. I can do it. Okay. What do you got, King? Oh, well, I, I thought she was going to do the uh, do the prompt one first. And what was the prompt? Yeah. Um, well, I thought it was the uh, the bitter um. No, I didn't. I didn't parts? do one. Yeah. Oh no no no. That like that was the one that spoke to me. There was something about the willows whispering thunder or lightning or something that was I don't know storm related. Do you want do you want all all of them or the first one? Number one was eating the bitter parts. Number two under the summer moon. Number three on the withered moor. And four was thunder in the willows from last week. Uh, I can well, incorporate God. the bitter fruit. Under the Summer Moon and Thunder in the Willows in my freestyle, if you'd like. Get them, baby. Get them. Whatever you got, baby. (laughs) No, honestly. Like, honestly, you can spit anything that you wrote. It doesn't matter. You already know how this works. Well, I'm saying go ahead and do the freestyle. Go ahead and do that one first, and and then we can go after that. 
Oh, no, not a problem. We're going to do a storm cadence after I do my three prompts from last week. Freestyle. Here it is. We're going to call it the prompts. <laughs> I love when I was giving prompts. Sometimes I give myself three words that I use in a piece. I've been a freestyle and spoken artist since I became Gina Storm. At least. I didn't realize that this was the only way I was going to be able to deliver poetry when I was on a mic or a stage, but it's okay because I guess I'm just getting better with age. First thing that I wanted to speak about was eating the bitter parts of the fruit. See, this is the wonderful thing about life. I have always enjoyed the succulent, juicy parts that were delicious, removing the seeds and or rind if necessary. And then I realized that you need the bitter in order to appreciate the sweet. So every now and then when I peel an orange, you know, that white part in between the orange part and the fleshy part that we actually are supposed to consume, I take a bite of that or two. And then I realize it's that bitter that makes the part so good. Here we are in the middle of the month of June. It's amazing to me, and I've already enjoyed the full moon. The best thing about it for me that I enjoy the summer breeze. Windows are opening. There is wind coming to and from. There are no fans, no ceiling fans, no box fans, no hurricanes. Not even the AC is on. Every evening when the sun drops, there's this wonderful breeze, and I hope it never stops. By evening, my feet are going to be chilly, and I'm going to have to wear some socks, even if I want to have some shorts. I love it. Uh, under the summer moon, where I bath, where I charge my crystals and my energy built last. The mornings that I sleep through because the sun and I aren't friends, and that's okay. Because every day when I rise again, I don't care what time, I'm just glad to be here with all of you. The last part of my three-piece freestyle I want to give tonight, and I love this part, Thunder in the Willows. When I was a child, I had an uncle who lived on the north side of town. There were these weeping willows in his yard, and I would always run around. I'd grab some of the vines, collect them in my hands, and entangle myself in a way. I would feel like that weeping willow was a woman, and these were her tresses, and I was running throughout her locks, enjoying it every single day. The sky got overcast, and the sun was no more. There was the smell of rain, and I can hear it and smell it before it starts to pour. What is it? It's thunder in the willows, and I love experiencing it. Thank you, Ms. Storm. Thank you for indulging me. Thank you. Absolutely beautiful. Do you want to comment, King? Well, I'll start off by saying, <laughs> way to get them, baby. <laughs> Rawr. Um, I normally would say that normally when she spits um, freestyle and she incorporates everything into it, I say, you're just showing off. And she said, no, this is what I do. <laughs> and it is what she does. It is. And I'm a true No, I'm I wasn't showing fan. off. I was focused. <laughs> I love you. Thank you so much, Chris. So what would you like to share that I'll come back and he'll do his part, I'll do mine, and we'll do a storm cage and tell everyone where they can find us. Okay. I'm, um, I'm just sitting here. You guys do everything. I'm just going to sit here, okay? 
I love it, Nyla. Thank you. I'm 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 sitting back. I'm sitting back with my feet up, smelling my candle, drinking a, some sips of some sweet strawberry wine, and listening to you guys now for a moment. Okay. Um, this piece is called "Romantic Chances." Romantic chances. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to love it. Let's go. All right, Kingans. There's not hands in this day-to-day forever plan. When thinking small-minded equated to small trying, it's no wonder that normal pressure doesn't create that large diamond. Look, Mom, no hands. See, we cheek the cheek completing this unique form of slow dancing. Our feet stepping complete to this music created by unison heartbeat. Your voice like air whispers from butterfly wings, the effects we create the most beautiful moments in the form of a dream. I appreciate the support for the thoughts about relationships and what you want don't combine the times that I actually want to figure why they're trying to connect with ours. In layman's terms, I love the support. Okay, I was spinning a piece. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you can hold the advice and have the input when failing doesn't put out the lights in your life. There's no trick to this. We truly just work that Rihanna vibe. Chasing Owls Green to hold the L. She's mending a broken heart of mine. They circle with his red and white in this point. That's a target sign. Love and mind, the emotion might be freaky, but that's not an erotic vibe. That's a romantic chance. I'll take the romantic chance. See, I remember when you first invited me to the dance floor to share this dance. It made my heart sore, and I was thinking, and this is what I've been living for, finally someone who gets it, just like me, someone who will love you completely and give you all the things that you need. Previously, my cup was empty, always drained because I was giving so much of me, yet every day I'm refilled by you because little do you know, Every single day, my heart continues to grow because what you do has no tempo. It's just an easy flow. It's that back and forth, the way that we go, the thing that we do. And so I'm being refilled every single day. I'm not living in the desert any longer, even though I'm a Cairo sunset. I realize that I can live now without regret. I'm giving what I'm getting. And this is what I've been living for all this time. He's the moon of my universe. Controlling my gravitational pull, I'm just trying to be the star in the sky that shows him the way home. If he follows my light, he'll never be lost, and he'll find himself to me every time. I appreciate that, this love of mine. He found me, and I'm thankful for it. I'm Gina Storm. Together, we're Storm's Cadence. That's our piece. Absolutely beautiful, you guys. You have some special magic, that is for sure. Thank you, Nyla. We love the show. We love the Speakeasy Cafe. We come here happily every Thursday night. Well, I am glad because you are a very important part of this family, both of you, and we love you guys so much. And we love your love. We love your love. Oh, it's such a warm, fuzzy (laughs) feeling in the air now. (laughs) We love your love. We come here to share that love. Thank you for having us. Absolutely my pleasure. Our pleasure. 
All right. Tell everyone again, once again, how to find you. Facebook pages, okay. maybe. Keith King's Cadence, spelled creatively with two Ks. I'm Gina Storm, spelled Gina with an E. Storm, like inclement weather. We can be found together at Storm's Cadence on YouTube, as well as our our page for our collab on Facebook. And we are the poets who love poetry. We can be found anywhere and everywhere that poetry lives. Also, find his book on Amazon, The Cadence of Love, mostly poetry about our romance. Thank you for having yes, us. Yes, love one more. <laughs> I, I I think I need an autographed copy of that book just saying hint 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 we need to figure out how to make that happen where I can get it and how you can autograph it all right oh absolutely it'll be our gift to you we got tonight. <laughs> I, I can buy the book I can support a poet but no actually I can't until I get my 99 cent gay porn money back bank account, so, <laughs> right. we, yeah we what am I talking about everybody can you all send me some ramen noodles or something please we know, right. <laughs> We know your struggle. I, we saw the post on Facebook, ma'am. So please know this. Because there were more than this 10 transactions, they can't refund it immediately. It, it's going to be like 20 days. It's oh, like, no, do, no. You guys realize, <laughs> do you guys realize? Do you guys realize what this is doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that, that would be our gift to you. <laughs> or or we can wait until after the money puts the bank puts my money back in my account. All right, you guys, love you. We will talk to you next week. All righty. Absolutely. Thank you so Be much well, for having both us. Be well, you. All right, hon. You as well. Night, sweethearts. All right. Our next caller comes from Ah, two one six, Mama. Mama. Yeah. I love you. Yes. I want you to know that. We don't say things like that very often, but I want the whole world to hear that. There is a reason. When I first met you, you were Mama Oladeji. Now, there's a reason that I just call you Mama. I love you. You are my Mama. You take care of me. You you worry about me. You fuss over me. You scold <laughs> me when I need it. You tell me you're proud of me when I don't see a reason you are just an incredible human being and you mean the world to me. And I call you my mama because you are my mama and you are a much more beautiful mama than my real mother. And I want to thank you for being such an important person in my life. Wow. Well, thank you for being such a beautiful, wonderful, faithful person that let us come here every weekend and do what we do too. But now how in the world (laughs) did that, Whoever, what was it? A computer glitch? Was that the same ninety nine cents over and over again? What, same ninety nine cents over and over again. What I think happened. The only way that makes sense to me is that a company got a hold of my information somehow. That does spam. You know how they use. All of a sudden, you'll just get everybody in the world. Well, you'll get just get tons of flooded with tons of spam mail. So I think a spam company got a hold of my information somehow and spammed a bunch of gay profiles on a gay porn site, dating app site. Mm. I don't know if it's porn. I shouldn't automatically say porn. But, you know, it's a, it's a gay dating app. Someone said it was a gay porn site. Someone said date, I, but I'm not sure. It's one of those. And I think that they just used my card to spam advertisements to all the emails or messages or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's funny. I asked I the bank, can I find out who did this? And they, oh, no. We'll probably never know. We'll just try to get your money back. I'm thinking, what do you mean we'll never know? That's why I pasted it on Facebook. It's like, don't tell me we'll never know. These people will know. I'm going to go to the crowd with it. They'll help me figure out who made these charges. 
That was the scariest thing. You don't know, you almost caused the uh, banking system to close down because I was about to call the bank and take all my money out. (laughs) (laughs) If you can get in there and start charging 99 cents to get, so how much did it add up to? It was just under, I had just under $2,000 in that account. You did it 2,000 times. Well, not oh. quite, not quite, like 17-something. Well, I mean, yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah, crazy, absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. And it was just by a fluke, fluke chance that I uh, happened to get on my account. Get, yeah, get on my account the next day because yeah, my bank never let me know. Nobody, yeah, because nobody looks yeah, at no. <laughs> I have a balance of $3.25 right now. <laughs> they, they were so they were kind and left me enough for a half a cup of coffee. The bastards. <laughs> and so they're not going to ever compensate. I mean, like not the, you know, not just like get it back in twenty days, but like are they ever going to compensate? Like, if you have any ba- bounce checks or anything like that? I mean, stuff. I don't use. I never. Bank. I never write checks. I don't use checks. I may start okay, now. Well, lucky, lucky you and lucky them because, I mean, if you had, suppose you had to pay some important bill with that money and it wasn't there. It was just really, that was awful. Well, I'm glad you kind of got to the bottom of it, but I guess you can tell how I'm talking that I don't sound all that all that good. Yeah, that's not good. So I'm going to write this. I mean, listen to me. I'm going to write. I'm going to recite this poem. Oh, have you ever seen Jeremy Wade? No, what is that? He's a man. <laughs> <laughs> a man. I didn't mean to say it like that. He's a man. He's a man. And uh, No, I've got Melvin Douglas Johnson. I don't need to look at other men. <laughs> I pick on him so bad. That's so mean to me. What if I don't even know if he's married or not? What if his wife hears this and she like she comes hunting for me? Wow. I should but be careful. Guy, okay. So from, yes. I think, I think he's from. I think he's from uh, Scotland, and he's on um, the Discovery Channel and the Animal Planet Channel, and his name is uh, Jeremy Wade. <laughs> And since coronavirus, staying in the house, you know, I've been watching him a lot. And um, I just, just kind of like, he's so adventurous. He's always doing something, solving some type of murder, especially like in the ocean or the sea or the river or any kind of body of water. And he takes all these chances, but he's getting, he gets down to it. He finds out what kind of fish did it. Well, when they're killing fishermen and killing people that are swimming and these different fish are just, like, really bad. They're, they're, they're bad. They're worse than the um, killer sharks. They're just, like, What is know, his name? Jeremy Wade. He's on Facebook, and he's also on, you can Google him. And you can watch him on uh, Animal Planet. Discovery Channel, Jeremy Wade. What is Watch what is the name the of his series. show? Uh, River Monster. 
I've seen that. He, you know who he reminds me of? He reminds oh, me of. He reminds me. Of, oh God, he's cute too. You're right. That's a man. Yes. He reminds me. Yeah. He reminds yes, me of. Yes, he daughter. reminds me of like. Um. Oh, who is it? No, like um. Oh God, why can't I think of it? He reminds anyway, me of I'm, an older Billy Idol. Okay, okay. The the whole the, the, the pinch of his face, the his attitude. I I look at him I and I just know. see I see an older Billy yeah. Idol, and it just yeah it it. it so anyway, your, tingles your, my your cuticles. <laughs> The mother sat up here and watched it until I just practically fell in love with the was just like going crazy, so like finding his Facebook page. I've been writing about like you, you amaze me and astonish me. I'm impressed and I, I'm just like, oh, I'm just all, all crazy over him, right? <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong I just want to hand him a guitar <laughs> instead of a fish, you know? <laughs> I know. He is so good. So, anyway, so I call people and say, like, do you know Jeremy Way? <laughs> He's a man. <laughs> okay, my homework. My homework to you is to write a poem titled Jeremy Wade, He's a Man, in ode to the man himself. Okay, here's, okay let's do this one for the, for the night. Okay. okay, so this one's called um, I Pray There Is a, I Pray There Is a Hellfire. And it goes like this. No more do I long for the river. And I shan't play in the sea. I won't step foot in the water, the light for me. My hero is Jeremy Wade. And all of his insight. I can now avoid malaria and parasites. Fright, flight, flee from the fleas and parasites. I now have insight and a healthy fear of malaria and COVID. I need deep lotion when living near lakes or near oceans, river monsters, and fish demons, squids that live in earth, liquids. The answer is clear. Stay clear of depths and leagues under the sea. No more do I long for the river. I shan't play in the sea. I won't step foot in the water. That's not the life for me. My hero is Jeremy Wade with all of his insights about river monsters. I can now avoid malaria and parasites. But but now how do we avoid humans in cars with flashing lights? White Humans, killing black humans, how can we avoid parasites and demons living under the sea? Jeremy spoke about cannibals 
that said pork tasted closest to human flesh at best. People contend with plenty conditions. When the echoes of the wild is so near, pythons near playgrounds causes fear. There's a squad to remove them when in fact the wild appears too near. In America, it's not bugs or fish nor alligators that be the predators. It's the white hunters. I'm afraid they prey on human prey. They wear blue uniforms or white sheets. And we can't spray them with deep. They don't kill to eat, but out of hate. They have been known to feed our babies to the gators. And the other day, one white lady coughed deliberately in the Spanish baby's face. What a disgrace. Oh, God, I pray there is a hellfire and a hero like Jeremy Wade will appear in this place in <laughs> peace. <laughs> oh, I love it, Mama. The, the message, I mean, it's a serious message. Right. I love the idealism, you know, and, and the, yeah, I, and actually it's, I love the idealism of some new modern fearless guy coming to the aid of the Renaissance hero, knight in shining armor type, you know, the whole flip flop on that, you know, the, you right. know, we need a, you know, the hero and, and here's some that he can, and then, and then there's the whole, you know, that's a man. He can be my hero side yeah. of it too. It's just such a complex poem. <laughs> Yeah, because, so yeah, many angles he, in there, he, Mama. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he tells us about all this stuff, and then he finds out about all this stuff. He starts telling us about all this different stuff, you know. And then we back to reality. Here's these people now, just getting more and more, you know, uh, aggressive, throwing their uniforms down, throwing their chains down. They're gonna quit the police department because they can't kill black people anymore, and they can't choke hold anymore. Then, the, you know. Ku Klux Klan is like hanging people all over. It's just really getting crazier. And, you know, Jeremy would just like come in and he'll get to the bottom of it the same way he got to the bottom of what kind of fish were killing people, the same way he got to the bottom of parasites, the same way he got to the bottom of, you know, what kind of bait to use when, uh, you know, when they found out that uh, even the purpose of, you know, putting a piece of bait on a on a, on a, on a to, to a fit to get to a fish, but what kind would they like? Because they like to eat humans. So he goes to the cannibals, and the cannibals tell him, "Look, pork and humans taste just alike." <laughs> so you know, he found a way to catch the catch the uh, the bad fish or the squid or whatever was killing people. So if we could, you know, if we could get him to come and find out, you know, how to put a stop to this. You know, that would just be great. So it's like a fantasy with reality, but we we need somebody that's gonna get to the bottom of this. And when that lady, it's a whole video of 
she goes and, and, and literally takes her mask off, walks over to the Spanish lady's baby, and starts coughing on the baby. That's just insane. I know. That's when it made me say, you know, it's past the shame, it's a disgrace. But it's, I just hope there's a hellfire. I pray. Even with my own sins, if I have to go burn just for somebody that really deserves to burn, let let it just be one. I'll repent. I'll do everything I can to keep from going, but I just hope that these people get their just due and burn in hellfire. Taking your mask off to go cough on a baby. Wow. Isn't that beautiful what one human can do to another? I just, you know, prettiest little, cutest little baby. Not, I mean, even if you don't like people because of their color, you know, she wasn't, you know, like if you if you didn't, probably didn't even know she was Spanish, only because she started talking, that's when she found out she was Spanish. So, you know, it wasn't because she looked Spanish or she looked black or she looked brown. She didn't look anything. She looked like a regular person until she started talking. And then you knew she was Spanish. And then she takes her mask off and goes over there while she's about back is turned doing something at the counter, like paying for her items or whatever. She's over there taking her mask off. The camera's right on her. And now the police are looking for her. You don't cough on people's baby. Somebody's baby because you, you're prejudiced. That's horrible. I mean, I mean, that's seriously horrible. That's like, you know, yeah. Pester killing the babies because mite breeds mite or whatever the, 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 you know, killed women and children because, you know, I think it was Custer yeah, who said yeah. that. Maybe it wasn't Custer. It was well, somebody. But, yeah, well, I know what you're saying. Doing a war or something, but just in a store, you know, because you see somebody that's of a different culture with an accent, you just take off your mask with coronavirus and just take your old decrepit butt over to the baby and just start coughing on them. Come on now, what kind of hate is that? That's not even regular. I'd, 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 I'd absolutely lost my nut. I would have, I would have. Uh, <clears throat> well, it's on the internet. You'll, you'll probably find it, so you can just see it for yourself because it's unbelievable. But anyway, time is ten o'clock, and I'm usually not a long talker, but. Uh, has so much stuff to tell you, and I do love you very much. And uh, take care. I love you too, sweetheart. And we'll talk to you next week, okay, Mama? Okay, baby. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Awesome sauce. Okay, our next caller comes from area code seven one three seven one three. You are on the air. Greetings. Hello, my dear. How are you? Better than ever. Better than ever. How are you? <laughs> I am doing awesome. It's good to hear from you. Introduce yourself to everyone, Absolutely. please. Uh, I go by Sir Lawrence. Awesome. And it's so good to hear from you, sweetheart. Yes, it's great to have a platform to come to. Seriously. <laughs> so thank you for offering it. No problem at all. What do you have for us tonight? Um, well, I was, um, 
I was trying to get a feel of the theme of the show, but I guess I can just go with the first one I looked at. How about that? There, there is never a theme unless I change my mind, and there is. You can oh, always okay. read any anything that your little heart desires. You can read. Well, I have one. Okay, but you can read too, just so you know. If when oh, you get yeah, done, yeah, you yeah. think, "Oh, that felt kind of good. Maybe I'll do another." You have that option. Oh man. <laughs> Choices, man. <laughs> oh wow! I'm look. I'm salivating over here. <laughs> hey, we aim to please. What can I say? <laughs> Already. Already. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well. Um, well, in that case, uh, maybe I think of one off the top of my head while I'm reading this one. How's that? Well. Let me think. Okay. Well, I have, I have, I have something in mind, and and here we go. This one's called "Her Words Came." We were in free form, sharing thoughts of what lovers do, dancing on the syllables of each inflection that caused floating reactions through the galaxies of our minds, even at the phones disconnected. The issue, chocolate lead topped with vulva with the side of knowing what you are sitting on. The earth couldn't hold the rest of the expressions, causing an unsteadiness. My whole dream was consumed by you. Then the distance between us closed as your words came. Vocally, with your full presence, time delayed while our bodies moved with the rhythm of ancestral drums. Our every thought, even before completed, was an action we were already reacting to. We fed each other the stimulated energies we were creating simultaneously from the sensations of our every movement. As we pass through our galaxies, the absorption of glad water continued while heading towards the Milky Way. Sir Long. Incredible. Absolutely wow. incredible. Well, I didn't know whether I should say anything right away or not because usually people will say end poem. And then if I, and oh. if, but if I don't hear that, then I have to sit there and think, okay, do I say something or is this a dramatic pause? Because I cannot tell you how many times someone will say, um, Nyla, I wasn't done yet. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm quiet. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm just so used to. Um, um, well, the circle I came up in, you know, at the end of the piece, make sure you introduce yourself so they won't they won't forget you. That's or true. forget who wrote the poem. So that that was a, so I had to think about it when to say in peace. I had to think think that through. But anyway, 
whatever cue you want, I'm not going to tie you into a box. Whatever you want to do is good with me, just so I know. Okay. You can say, this is not a dramatic pause. <laughs> I am done, Nyla. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, you, Are you going to read two? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I can, No, no, no. I can do another one. I can do another one. I'm trying to see here. Okay. Let me, um, well, for the sake of time, I'll just do this one. It's called Boy Girl Fun. It's like butter on toast, wondering where's the jelly. Lamp and bulb connecting to make light. Paint and canvas creating art. Pen and paper, and then a poem. Your body can't finish it. Like the satisfaction of any reacting unthinkingly. Like the flower scent attracting the bee. Flirting with pollen. That's the only way to get real, honey. The comfortableness of you because of me. One can get a watermelon, that's for sure. But the ones with seeds have a sweeter taste, along with the ability to reproduce. Even a bank doesn't mind if you make withdrawals. But you do need to make some deposits. I find myself Messaging crisp mental sentences between our active participation while anticipating another run in boy girl fun. Sir Lawrence. Love it. Thank you so much. I see. I'm glad you found two. It worked out really nicely for me because I got to hear both of them. Well, well. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do me a favor, Hunt. Let everyone know how they can come find you, how they can get to know you, your work, read, all that good stuff, how they can find you where you are online, all that good stuff. Yeah, you can find me on, uh, on, of course, on Facebook. I'm I'm working on my separate page as uh, Sir Lawrence. Um, And if you can't find Sir Lawrence, you can always find James Rencher. You know, we're one and the same. And that's S-I-R-L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. And will you be back next week? Share some more? Yes. This is uh, Thursday night. I will. Every Thursday night, same time. Yep. Been here for, right. this is our going into our 14th year. Oh, wow. I've been missing out. <laughs> You but, got a lot of catching up I'm to a, do. Bear grip them homes do. out. <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> so there you have it. I got it now. All right, sweetheart. And, Appreciate uh, you getting by here. Gina, Curtis, yeah, Curtis Storm, she, she pulled my coat. She said, hey, Did listen, she... we got something going. <laughs> what is it? I'm going to have to hire Gina. She has had like maybe five, six people come over in the last month. You know, Gina says do it, and you guys do it. I love it. Hey, it's all good. She, she's a good that's woman. The, that's I'll tell the, you what. That's right. That's the storm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed, it is. You know, it's really funny to me. I always Gina Storm. She, there's such a power, and she just is so sweet. You know, mm-hmm. we were talking about that last mm-hmm. week when she was on. It's like you know, no, I know there's a storm in there. <laughs> all right, sweetheart. Oh, appreciate yes. you being here. Welcome to the family. Absolutely. And I. 
not wait to get to know you better. Thank you. And thank you, Gina, for inviting him over. Bet. Bet. You're nice, hon. All right. Our next caller comes from... Area code. I want before we get our, to our next caller, I want to let area code nine one nine and three four seven know that you are not in the lineup. So if you guys would like to come on the air, nine one nine three seven or excuse me, three four seven, three four seven, three four seven, and nine one nine. If you guys want to come on the air, press one. If you're here just listening and hanging out, appreciate it. If you change your mind anytime, you can press one. That'll let me know it's okay to bring you on. Otherwise, I'll just let you chill. Our next caller comes from area code 585. 585, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, sweetheart. How are you? I'm okay. I I didn't expect to be called that quickly. That's great. How's everybody? <laughs> I just I just dialed in. Wow. Okay. So I'm I'm good. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, we got some a newer listener who who's uh, impressed enough to want to come back. And I'm glad to hear that. I'll be looking forward to hear him. Um, I got a couple of little things. Normally in the summertime, I go to Chicago, where I'm fortunate to be one of the MCs at the Chicago Blues Festival. But we didn't have any of that this year because. Uh, because of the epi- because of the pandemic, so mm-hmm. I reached back to a time that I was there, and one of the acts that I saw at the Chicago Blues Festival was a guy named L. G. Echoes, who was a southern guy, a young guy. There's a whole different spirit to the blues. It's a brand new, vibrant thing. So I wrote this poem while I was sitting there watching them called "Blues for L. J. Echoes." I went to Grant Park. Let me start again. One second. Got me all discombobulated. I think I'm sounding your voice. Here we go. For LJ Echoes. I went to a Grant Park tent to hear a blues man play. You should have seen and heard what I saw and heard today. The guitar pump, the bass thump, boom, boom. The ghost of Johnny Taylor danced about the room. He screamed and moaned, and he laughed and groaned, sang every blue note that was ever known. He claimed these bright blues his very own. He sang a bright blue song, the son of the south. You should have seen the gold gleaming in that southern boy's mouth. I went away rocking to the rhythm of his song, going home to play my guitar, sing the blues all night long and long. That was incredible. That was just inspired by, you know, what this kid was really throwing out there. I mean, he was just throwing that energy out. Everybody was having a blast. He was kind of heralding a new age for an old music. It was just great. And um, so I'm sorry if we didn't get a chance to go and do something similar to that this summer. Did um, you, when you were younger, when you were a teenager, did you go to a lot of concerts? I'm, you know, I'm very fortunate. I'm from Harlem. I used to be able to walk to the Apollo Theater. Walk outside and be in a concert. I'm sorry? So you could walk outside and be in a concert. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, Harlem was a concert. You walked outside, everybody had music blasting from someplace. But I exactly. did get to go to the 
theater, and I went. To, I saw Smokey and the Miracles, and you know James Brown. I saw all those people like in their real heyday in the real Apollo Theater, where even the biggest stars, you know, couldn't get by with a half-ass effort. They would get booed out of the Apollo Theater, no matter who they were. It was a very demanding off audience, and uh, so I, I got to see that. And then in my college days, you know, there was always concerts around this, in the early 70s. There's all kinds of concerts, uh, which was great because I saw, saw blues and jazz and all kinds of stuff. What made you ask that question? Just because it's, I was thinking about that the other day. It's almost like because there's so much online and so much visual, you can go and watch a concert on YouTube. You can watch it on TV. You, I mean, we have access to so much that I think that anyone who went through the era of going to concerts, yeah, I think that that's an a that that's. I think the magic of going to a concert is gone. I remember when, and I mean, back like back in the eighties, you know, and I worked in radio my entire life. I started working in radio when I was like 19 years old and, you know, used to go backstage and interview everybody for the, the radio taglines and things like that. And, and for my segments and stuff. So I got a lot of meet, meet a lot of cool people, but when there was a concert, I mean, before that, even that time in my life when I was younger, we were going to concerts. It was like months of preparation on what to wear. And it was like, you know, like the women who wore the hats to the Kentucky Derby type of getting dressed up type shit. You know, concerts were a big deal. And I went to a concert recently. I took Christopher actually to a concert. And, you know, I wore a nice dress. I didn't know. I show up and there's girls in their, you know, sweatpants that say juicy on the butt. That would never have flown when I was young, ever. I mean, they would have been thrown out onto the street because they absolutely did not belong there. You know, that just wouldn't. And so I thought about that and I thought about music, you know, our iconic growing up. And, you know, being being a, a girl of the 80s, I think of people, you know, like Billy Idol and even Michael Jackson. You think about some of those big stars, Madonna. You know, and you go back even yeah. further, like, you know, the music that I was introduced to in my father's time, you know, Sammy Davis Jr., my heartthrob, right? You think about these yeah. guys. Who who are those idols? Who do we have now that has that reaches that iconic level? We don't have it. Well, you can't. I mean, because it's so diffuse now. I mean, you know, once you have all of these communication outlets, you have to fill them with something. You know, once you have, you know, every station up and down the dial to do news, for example, then you got to have news. So what happens? The news becomes bullshit. It becomes, you know, it becomes fake news. It becomes a bunch of human interest Entertainment. stories. And a bunch of, yeah, a bunch of spin. It's not like when you had three stations that had, you know, a half hour to put, put on what was the real news it's of still- the day. If somebody came out, if, if, even today, I mean, if Michael Jackson walked out now, I think that he yeah. still would have been iconic. And it just made me think, because I love current music, you know, I, because music is such a huge part of my life. I'm never, I'll never be one of those people that say, oh, my God, when I was younger, that was advanced music. No, I love music now. I listen to it all the time, you know, contemporary music, you know, back with my 80s favorites that I love. And I just, I love music. So... And there's some great stuff out there, but I, who has the iconic? And, and maybe you guys know something I don't. Maybe I'm getting older. 
but who has the iconic status in music today? No, that, I think it's possible. That someone yeah. back in the that that influence. I mean, Sammy Davis, the whole Rat Pack influenced generations of lifestyles. But I don't think you know? it's possible. I don't. I don't think human beings ever lack with talent, not from one generation to another. But you can't have the same impact because you have too much communication. For example, you know, everybody's been, you know, black folks been looking, who's a leader? What leader? Everybody's been looking for a leader since Malcolm and, and, and Martin Luther King. There have been a lot of worthy people, but it's not, you know, the ground is not seeded for that anymore. Okay, you, you don't have a Muhammad Ali that stands head and shoulders above everybody else. You got five. Oh, I think that the world is perfectly seated for that right now. I then think it's perfectly seated for, like Mama was saying, a, a hellstorm. Then where are they? I think it's coming. I I think it's coming. Oh, I think right okay. now we we are the we are we are in the the spinning stick in the tender phase of this. I, I think I think that something crazy or less talent than the other. It's just the conditions they had to work in. I don't think yeah. any. You know, we're the Justine Baker. <laughs> you know, the, the, you know. Beyonce would have been a star in the 1920s. She'd have been a star in the 1930s. You know, I don't think there's a generation that has less talent than the ones before. It's just how fast you're going to burn them out. Michael Jackson might not have become iconic because his personal life would have burned him out before that could happen. Everybody's got their nose in your ass, man. You don't have secrets about anything. He, his personal life yeah. would have burned him out of time life. Personal life would burn him right out of the limelight. You know, I don't think he would have even gotten that big if he had to be under the glare that he eventually came under. Because when he came under it, what happened to him? But it's crazy. It's you know, it, it's almost like because when I was little, we didn't have computers, and that's kind of showing my age a little. Maybe we didn't have computers when I was a kid. You know, right. my generation and. Pretty much my kids' generation were the last generations to know the excitement and the magic of the a screen back the back screen door slamming, running out that door and hearing that slam of the screen door, the magic that that could create in the world. Because I think that the generations are so entranced in front of their backlit worlds now. You know, a little three-year-old can sit there and work an iPad way better than I can. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, and then, so I, I think that you know, I'm, I'm, I think that we're living in a generation right now that's very transitional. You know, I'm really yeah. excited to see what I'm going to see in 40 years from now, 50 years from now, what the world's going to be like, what's going to be happening, what's going to be going on. But you, you mentioned, like, going to concerts and stuff. Well, one thing I remember about, you know, when we used to go to shows, I mean, you go to the Apollo Theater, and you would see, you know, how this guy had his hair done and, and what kind of colors, you know, this temp over here was wearing and what kind of perfume you could smell and, and cigar smoke and, and the mustiness of the carpet in that had never been changed uh, over the years. All of that together became the experience. Exactly. You can't get that. You can't get that on on a Zoom or you know online. We will. We'll you, get it back post apocalypse. If you've never had that, if you've never had that, you don't miss it either. You think See, that what that's you have why that's why it's important for you to write about what you just said. In fact, I can't. 
In fact, I, I want you to write a poem. Your prompt is, you'll never know the ambiance. That's the title of your poem. And I want you to explain to future generations the ambiance. Wow. Okay. You'll never know the ambiance. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like, you know, I wrote, a, I was driving over to the coast one time and there they had cut down a giant forest of old growth timber here on the Oregon coast. And there was a little sign saying, reseeded July 2012 and there were all these little baby trees growing so they cut down these old growth forests thousands of year old trees and and replaced them with these little trees that they reseeded it with and it made me cry because those trees will never grow to be a thousand years old they'll never know you know and and I, I I so I wrote this piece about trying to sit down with these baby trees and explain to them Someday they will, you know, dance in the wind like their like their grandmothers did. Even though I know they never will, I'm explaining to them what it's like and telling them someday you'll do this too, knowing that they won't. But it's just kind of the same thing. They'll never know that ambiance. So explain it to them, make them live it, make them feel it. Because once we're gone, you know, who's going to tell them? Who's going to tell them truly what it was like besides a poet? Yeah. They can see it on TV. They can watch it in old movies. But the movies can't make them smell it like you can. Yeah. They can't make them feel it. They can't make the hair on the back of the neck stand up like you with your words. So, yeah, that's your prompt. So you might yeah, might as well want to introduce yourself to everybody, by the way. Yeah, I am Doug Curry, and uh, I'm a poet, and I'm a radio person. I have a radio program called Blacks and Blues that airs on Friday nights from 9 to midnight at WRUR dot O R G and uh, on the on the World Wide Web that's nine o'clock Eastern time. On Saturday night we air at ten o'clock Central Time at WDCB dot org. And I'm found on Facebook under my name Doug Curry, under the name of my programs Blacks and Blues. I like all poetry as a place to go and write and receive uh, writing allpoetry.com under, under the name of Manchild, M-A-N-C-H-I-L-L-D, 99. Perfect. Okay. All right, sweetheart. Okay. I don't know if we had the time for it. I think we took a little time, so let's not. I had another No, that's form, okay. You can read your second. We've got two. We've okay. got three callers left. We're good. Okay. It's my fault. Well, it's my fault we talked so long, not yours. I shouldn't make you suffer and everyone else suffer by not hearing your poem because I talk too much. Conversation with you is so irresistible. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I talk to myself all the time. <laughs> That's what that is. Don't be gratification. Uh oh. So, messing around with the haikus last week. This is called Duckling Lives Matter, The Endless Cycle. Cop saves trapped ducklings. Cops shoot another black man. Today in the news. And poem. Wow. Wow. 
you know, yeah. it's it's nice to be able to write a bullet in 17 syllables, isn't it? Yeah, it it kind of it kind of really goes deep. I had to I had to tell a friend of mine, a white lady, that what this means is when you see that human interest story where the duckling got trapped in a grate and a fireman or a cop took time out of the job you are paying them to do. And you didn't mind him dissembling that grate to get those life, those, those living creatures out of there before they die from their mother or because they're going to get washed away. You don't mind that because it's a humane thing to do. Okay. But on the same news cycle, cops have shot another black man, right? You can't, as a black person, you can't even indulge in the humanism of enjoying the human interest story about the ducklings. Because at the same next breath, as you're saying, oh, about ducklings, you're saying, oh, about somebody with a knee on his neck who looks like you in the same news want- cycle. Do you want to know something? This is so talked about. I mean, it's so, I got it so talked about. It's so relevant in the news right now. And everybody's just, I always look at things a little funny. Um, Differently, maybe, I guess is the word. But what really chaps my butt. And I've seen the videos. I saw the video. You know, I heard the people yelling at the policemen and stuff like that, but they're all still standing there filming it. And thank God they're filming it because what if they didn't? Mm-hmm. The cops could have said anything happened and nobody would know. So thank God that people are standing there with the technology now that makes people accountable. So I do thank God for that. But at the same time, I don't think I could have stood by and just held a phone while that was happening. I might have got shot. Something might have happened. I probably could have been arrested. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, you know, that's a real fear. Yeah. Right? So you I can know, understand someone just standing there filming and not stepping up. But there's got to be more we could do. What if, and I'm going to put this out there everywhere, because there has to be a way that we can take control of a situation we have no control in. If we can only stand there and hold of a phone, that's not okay with me. That's not okay. They all stood by. All of them stood by while that man was killed. Everybody, the cops and the people with phones, even though, thank God, the people with phones were there. Still, everybody stood still while he died. Mm-hmm. So my message to everybody is call 911. What would have happened in that situation right there if somebody had have stopped filming, picked up the phone, called 911 and said, we've got a situation down here where there's a cop kneeling on, on a suspect's neck and he can't breathe and he's going to kill him and you're going to have another cop killing a black man if you don't get another squad car here fast. If they no, could have I got think- more officers there that could have stepped in, maybe. You know, who knows? Maybe. Call 911. Report the cops. I think the 911 officer, and I think it was in this instance, I think the 911 officer, um, yeah, our 911 uh, provider called to say something was going wrong there. Called supervision about that. 
Did they send someone else out? See, I didn't I see know. that anywhere. But yeah. but you know what I mean? It's not okay. Yeah. It's never okay to just stand there. Thank God people were there. But still, there has to be something else we can do. Everybody should carry tasers. Everybody. Cops, humans, everybody. All, regular people. We'll just, you know, I, we could have tased them. Who knows? I don't know. I'm just angry. I'm help, so helpless. I don't like it. It's a tough thing because there's no real accounting for fear. See, you know, this is this is what cops, right? And the people who are standing by may have a justifiable fear for their own safety. To have I to understand that. Okay, but the point I want to make to you is what was even worse was the case back around 1963 of Kenny Genovese in New York, where all the neighbors watched this woman get raped and stabbed. She was stabbed to death in front of about 15 people, and nobody helped. This this rapist who stabbed her wasn't doing it under the color of law. He didn't have a you know the the the, the military paraphernalia that these cops have, but still nobody stepped up. It's hard to say what a person will do in the face of fear. Yeah, I know. Fear fear is that powerful. It's the thing that maybe stands between you and losing losing your life. So I think that that's why that there needs to be conversations about it. There need, you know, we we finally taught kids to say no to no no spots, right? We finally by right. talking about it. So I think the more we talk about it as a community, what are our options? What could we do in that scenario? You know, a fire. We all know to, we all now know to stop, drop, and roll. So what yeah. is our stop, drop, and roll that we as citizens and as a community? can come to so that we are prepared with the tools to handle a situation like that and possibly save a life. Because I yeah, don't know I, that I, I could stand still while someone was dying. I don't know that I could do that. And it's easy to say that. I wasn't there. So that's what I, I mean. Think, thank God they were there and thank God they had their phones. But what could we do? I think you did hit upon something. There's nothing that will stop you from dialing 911. That's something we know we can do. Mm-hmm. If another and police you know, officer had have stepped up that situation, the the it it would have totally diffused the power trip. The those that they were the the whole dynamics of what was going on. Another cop would have stepped in and stopped it. They, they would have because that. they just would have. <clears throat> we need to figure out how to change that. How do we change that? How do we dial 911? What do we do? You know, what can we do? There has to be something, and we can think of it. We're smart people. We are knowledge is power. Be prepared. I don't know. I just think that we can't sit around anymore and wait for other people to fix things that are wrong. We have to find a way to fix it together. We, we have to. We have to take our control back. I couldn't agree you know, more. We we can't sit there and be so afraid and have the cops. I I think that's what it, we can't sit around and have people so unafraid of us that they will murder somebody right in front of us and think that it's okay. It's not okay. So they we need to teach them. Oh, I even hate to say it. That's not right. I was going to say we need to teach them that they need to fear us as well. But that's not the right way. Fear does not solve. Is fear. Fearing isn't the answer. 
There's got to be something. I'll think about it. I'll change the world tomorrow. I'm tired today. <laughs> See why they allow us in haiku to only be, you know, the 17 syllables? See what it'll do? I know. <laughs> because if you wrote a long one, then hell knows how long I'd be talking. If 17 <laughs> syllables provoke that conversation, ugh. Well, I'm Thank glad. God. I'm glad <laughs> but thank you. But help thank you help me this. with that. Help me spread that con- help me spread that concept, that conversation. Everybody, everybody listening. Okay. What can we do? Dial nine one one and report a crime because that was what was happening. What could we do? What can we do as citizens standing there holding our phones? What could we do instead that would have changed that? something. Let's figure it out, guys. We can do this. But you hit upon it. You know, anyone there could have, should have dialed 911. Should have. No question about it. When little Martin boy walking home with Skittles in his pocket, you know, there were 13, 14 calls to 911 that night, but not one mother turned on the porch light. Not one person stuck their head out the window and said, hey, what's going on out there? Had that happened, that boy would not be dead. But instead, they all stayed in their homes with their doors closed, and dialed 911. Stick your head out the freaking window. Say, hey, what's going on? Because had they known there was another person there, it would not have happened. It would have diffused it. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. You sure? Oh, tell everyone how they can find you, hon. <laughs> yeah. I, on Facebook, the great blacks and blues, and also on all poetry at Manchild 99. All right, sweetheart. Thank you for bringing such inspiring and thought-provoking poems tonight. <laughs> well, thank you for the ball and running with it. <laughs> I do All right, baby. We will talk to you next week, Doug. Thank you, sweetheart. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, I'm really going to shut up now, you guys. We're going to get through you guys like speed dating. Let you get your pieces read. Three... Four seven, you are on the air. Good evening, Nyla. Hi, sweetheart. How are you, honey? I'm good. How are you? I'm awesome. It's good to hear from you. What you bring us tonight, love? Huh. Hmm. Haven't heard from you. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. Um, that subject kind of spurred me to do something. I wasn't going to be, but we <sighs> have check in here. <clears throat> my, unfortunately, my, uh, I'm leaving my computer's running really slow. <clears throat> so I'm just going to have to go with another version. Well, <clears throat> same version, but it's just laid out different. It's very difficult to read, but I'm going to read it anyway. <clears throat> um, I am done being silent. In the quiet of my thoughts, I have turned over every stone in search of the silver lining in all of this ugliness 
asking God my spiritual compass, where do we go from here? I have watched silently in the distance as others have painfully voiced their anguish and untethered emotion. People have asked me, what are you going to do? My sister said, what are you waiting for? You have a following, a voice, so when are you going to say something? The people are waiting for, to hear from you. Up until now, I have chosen to remain silent, but now I am done being silent, and this is my ballad of discontent. First, allow me to pay homage by offering my profound gratitude and prayers to those who've suffered and sacrificed in the way of this tragedy in the name of equality, truth, and justice. I am extremely encouraged and especially proud of the youth who are out there marching on the front lines. You are such an inspiration and a vital component in this movement and the audacious demand to end systemic racism and inequality in this country where our very existence continues to be threatened. Not only are you making history, but you are also serving humanity and you are changing the world. The rioting and looting which sometimes follows in the footsteps of peaceful protests, though quite unfortunate, is undoubtedly a residual byproduct from years of anger, frustration, and dissatisfaction. It is in and of itself another form of protest, an uprise of volatility and distress. In the eyes of the police, you are seen as one and the same. Civil disobedience is viewed as a direct challenge and ominous threat to their authority. In several of our cities, the police have responded rather aggressively. There have been countless arrests and, sadly, some unprovoked deaths as innocent protesters and rioters alike were violently stricken down by the great blue wave of police brutality, of which black and brown people in this country have become oh so familiar. It is the narrow-minded who would foolishly suggest that these recent events will probably not amount to anything other than more arrests and possibly more deaths, but this isn't your everyday protest. What you are witnessing in the United States and around the world is a powder keg explosion triggered by the egregious slaying of yet another black citizen, by another white police officer who committed yet another callous act of murder while his partners just stood there and watched as a man's life slowly slipped away from him simply because they failed to grasp the severity of the situation. But the world was watching this hate crime in progress as George Floyd took his last breath. He was sentenced to death, not because he allegedly passed counterfeit cash, but merely because he was black. Enough is enough. America's war on black children, women, and men must come to an end. We will not allow another murderous cop to slip through the cracks of this judicial system. We are tired of feeling heartbroken, tired of feeling powerless and helpless as we rely on a system designed to destroy us. Thank God for the sudden climate change from white indifference to empathy allowing you to finally see the extent of your privilege white, that whites and blacks have been living a tale of two Americas, that African Americans weren't just overreacting to the alarming rate of killings perpetrated by the police in our community, that we were merely responding to the long-standing threat of hatred 
oppression, prejudice, and all the injustices that have plagued us since we've crossed the Atlantic. We were merely echoing the cry and rage of our ancestors who suffered such an enormous indignity at the hands of the very country they've carried on their backs, and yet they were treated with such a lack of respect, far less than that of human beings. In fact, they were tortured, sold, and bred like animals. That is why we're protesting. That is why we're rejecting your unwavering belligerence and blind ignorance, which perpetually nurtures the seeds of hate, bigotry, and racism flourishing in the systemic soils of white supremacy. Its roots run deep and are as strong as the arms of the sycamore trees from which you've hanged our brethren. These most recent events are yet another defining moment in America's less than stellar reputation in respect to human rights. As you watch MSNBC, Fox News, or CNN from your computer screens, as you casually turn to the evening news on your televisions, prepare to be appalled because you will not like what you see. What you will see, America, is far more than unrest. It goes far deeper than the looting of your stores and the burning of your cities. It is both a wake-up call and an awakening. For the people's eyes are slowly opening. We are mobilizing, coming together like never before. We are an army of angered citizens marching through the torrid rains of racism beneath the umbrella of humanity. Through revolution, we aim to completely dismantle the vile institution of white supremacy. Your police sirens may be blaring, but what you are hearing, America, are the beating drums of our collective hearts and souls percolating with our fury in the weather discontent. What you are witnessing is a cataclysmic storm where the voice of the people has become its tidal wave washing over the shores of American capitalism because that's the only way it will get your attention. And maybe then, perhaps, you'll listen to what we are saying, to what we are demanding, for what you are feeling right now, America, is our pain. This is Prince Unique, Prince A. McNally, in peace. Indeed, sir, it is. That was fantastic, honey. Thank you, man. I, I didn't plan on reading that. Cause I know it was pretty long, but, um, you know, you just ushered that in, you know. <laughs> hey, we're just hanging out, going with the flow, right? Yeah. You know, but, um, we, we can read fluffy bunny palms later, but sometimes things just need to be done. Yeah, things need to be said, things need need to be done. Remember, I don't know if you've ever heard me say it before, Prince, but I believe this truly and sincerely, is that the truth of a generation is written in the tongue of the common man. That if we leave history, look how fucked up our history is, how messed up it is, how untrue it is. If we leave our history to be written by the history writers, the they's of the history writers, then it's going to be written by the people who have something to hide, benefit, or gain in its telling. They're going to tell it in the way that they want it remembered. They need it remembered. But who writes the truth? The common man. 
you have nothing to gain one way or another. It's not going to affect your life right now by telling the truth or lying. You have nothing to gain in telling the truth about history, except for that your voice is heard, that the truth will be known. So who are you going to believe more? Exactly. I mean, you know, everybody's going to, uh, they're going to push their, their narrative. And um, I, I, I honestly feel that it's a, it's a, it comes down to the poets, the storytellers, to tell the mm-hmm. truth. Exactly. You know, the, we are know, the modern-day bards. We are exactly. the carriers of so our truth. That's, that's where they'll get the truth. You know, they're not going to get it from from media, you know, they'll get part truths. But there's there's going to be so many spins, you know, and the thing, when you get it from the soul of a poet, there's no spin. There's no spin. And so I, I, no. I, I remain quiet just simply to observe and take it in because it's like, you know, I don't believe in speaking until I have, until I have something concrete to say as opposed to just reacting. I don't react, you know. You know, I, I got in an argument with my little sister one time, and I, I was exasperated, and I told her, I said, you're not listening to me. And, she, and she's done this twice, two different occasions years apart, right? So this wasn't an accident, accidental slip of the tongue. But I sat there and I said, you're not listening to me. I need you to listen to me. And she turned, she's, how can I listen to you if you won't stop talking? Hmm. I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. How can I listen to you if you don't stop talking? That can be, Isn't that weird? That can be, that can be interpreted in, 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 in several ways, more than one way. Sure. Maybe I just talk too much, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess, I mean, you know, I, I'm thinking what she might have been saying is that, yeah, she she wants she wants she wants to add her two cents. And it is kind of frustration, frustrating if someone doesn't give you, I'm not saying this with the case, but I'm just saying it's, it's very frustrating if, if someone doesn't give you an opportunity. To add yeah, trust to me, that, that was not it. <laughs> Yeah, I would get two words out of my mouth, and she would finish my sentence and go off for a half hour. And it's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, and she, oh, I know what you mean. You mean blah, blah, blah. No, that's not what I mean. You're not listening to me. How can I listen if you won't shut up? You know, basically well, it I was, think, I don't need to listen to you. You just need to hear me talk is what it was. Trust me. Well, the Trust most me. important uh, tool is listening. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yep. That's what I think. You know, that's the only way that you're going to be able to to measure, you know, what's been said. You know, and 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 listening not in a way of not strategically listening. In other words, preparing your answer prior to the person, you know, the person finishing their thought. You know, because some, sometimes a thought can take a turn. You think they're going in one direction, and suddenly they, they, they're going in another direction. You're like, oh, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, exactly. it's an art. It's an art, <laughs> to, you know, in listening. You know, All right, Prince. Patience. 
I'm, we're, you and I can talk forever. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop us now because I got three other people to get on. I'm bad. Absolutely. See that my flipping mouth of mine. To those not yours. It's my mouth. It's my mouth. No, no, not no. Yours. <laughs> no, it takes it takes two, it takes two to tangle. So uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, not my, when I'm my... talking. <laughs> <laughs> They're not listening. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Perfect. Good night. It was really good hearing you. No, honey, before you go, you have to tell people how to come show you loves because they should be loving on you lots. Um, again, this is Prince A. McNally. You can catch me on Facebook, and if you're interested in rereading that that piece I just read, which is actually an essay, I, I still have it posted on my page. Um it's going to be posted for a little while, but I'm, I'm going to be taking it down soon because I'm going to do some revisions and I'm going to submit it. <clears throat> so, um, yeah. All right, sweetie. We will talk to you next week, honey. I'm so glad you were here tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. You too, love. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go ahead and get 863. You are on the air. Oh, oh um, he- hello, Nyla. This is Noreen. Hey, Noreen. How are you, sweetheart? What do you have for I, I, us tonight? Okay. I'm doing okay. Um, Tonight I got Gary's poem. Um, okay, uh-oh. Called um, A Guitar Treasure. Okay. Um, this guitar has a heart-to-heart talk to my heart. The strings ring and resonate as I dream of plucking them. It is used and scarred from nut to bridge, yet I know it is or can be put in tune with the keys above. I want to hold the neck and the hollow body close while I play it to a song I love. I'm singing my best to match the perfect sound coming from the baffles too. What I don't know is how many names have left their mark on you. The end. Wow. That was beautiful. I'm so glad that we Thank get you. to hear him. Me too. Yeah, I'm so glad I, I I can do that for you all. It's my pleasure. <laughs> what are you going to read of yours, honey? Okay, um, what I'm going to read of mine is called The Universe is Ours. Oh, breathe in the air. Embrace it. Oh, remember the joy and laughter we felt. Listen to our hearts. The universe is ours. Let's live, drink coffee, and dance from now through eternity. I hear the wind whispering to me. I looked up. It is you, my teddy bear, darling. Hug me, hold me, touch me. Put a daisy behind my ear. Just love me. Plant a hot, steamy kiss on my wanting lips. For I am yours throughout eternity. And oh, I love you, my teddy bear darling, forever and more. The end. (laughs) I love that you still call him teddy bear darling. He is your teddy bear darling. Yes, he will always be. Always be, yep. That was beautiful, Noreen. Okay. All right, do me a favor, my sweet girl, and tell everyone how we can find you guys, your books, and all that good stuff. Okay. You can find Gary in my my books on um, Amazon.com. The Art of Truth, Reflections of Our Inner Beings, and Two Hearts in One. 
and you and you can find this on um Gary and Noreen Snyder dot com front slash poetry and you can also find um in 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 memory of Gary I got a site for him is is called Gary and Noreen Snyder dot dot com front slash Gary with two R's in it. And then you can find Gary on um Facebook dot com, reverbnation dot com and you can find him on poetrypoem.com, and he's also Googleable and Googleable. <laughs> okay, okay. And then you can find me on uh, Facebook.com, ReverbNation.com, um, poetrypoem.com, and I'm also Googleable and Googleable. Yes, ma'am, you are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Appreciate it so much. And okay. we'll talk to you guys oh. next week. You'll be here next week. What? Oh, what? oh yes. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can also find us on on our on our um the Poetry Club and you can hear us on the um Facebook live every Saturday night at um five about five either five or five thirty. And then, Perfect. And, and then I want to um to um say I want to thank of all the um oh no my mind went blank think of all the sponsors for sponsoring the show for the um for the year and and I want to thank you Nyla and Michael Quigg and um Christopher Ryan for for um, um hosting the show for for us so we ha- poets have a venue thank you very much you're welcome sweetheart thank you okay. baby we appreciate you you're so welcome. much Okay, and we appreciate you too, and, and we love you all. Love you too. We'll talk to you next week, hon. Okay. Okay, talk Bye-bye to you next week. Okay. okay. All right. My board is messing up. I've got two callers left, 419 and 919, I believe. Let's go ahead and grab oh, let's grab wrong one. Oh, yeah, uh, see, I told you it's messing up. 419, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, sweetheart. How you doing, honey? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing wonderful. It's good to hear from you. Yeah, it's good to be here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to... The poem I'm going to read tonight, I've read before, but it's kind of the way I've been feeling. So it, it's kind of a, it's my way of expressing what how I'm dealing with things that are going on right now. Um it's called Shadow Boxer. It's in the shadow of fear. Haunted by the voices ringing in my ear. Taunted by the images of my recollection. Daunted by the memories of my disconnection. But I made a decision that when life throws me rocks, I'll bob, I'll weave, and I'll shadow box. Left jab, right cross, left hook. Left jab, right cross, left hook. I was thinking about little Johnny. Remember us growing up at the Port Lawrence. We went to Gunkle, Duke Moore College. Grade, we used to fight our way back home through the Brand Woodlocks and Alberta's Brown. We used to catch grasshoppers, shoot marbles, play hopscotch, root the pig, and look for four-leaf clovers. Even though I moved away, we were friends for life. And one day, his life ended with a bullet to his head. Shadow boxing. Left jab, right cross, left hook. 
left jab, right cross, left hook. Because remember when my grandpops told me why he hated my sperm donor, I never called him dad. He said that when I was born, sperm donor told him that anything I needed was between him and my mom. He was never a factor in my life. I survived the turmoil of my childhood without him and turned out okay. I get grown and he want to say he's sorry and become a part of my life. Fuck that. All of my anger, he got a dose. I forgave him. But when he died, we still weren't close. Shadow boxing. Left jab, right cross. Left hook, right cross. Left hook. Had a good friend. Hooked on horses, selling pot. Everything he made was for another shot. Camping, stealing, doing what he could. All of his crimes were committed in our hood. We grew up together. Our bond was strong. But I couldn't kick it with him when he was doing wrong. Still on the TV, he got shot in the back. Now he's in a wheelchair. And I heard doing smack. Shadow boxing. Left jab, right cross, left hook. Left jab, right cross, left hook. Took a look back to from whence I came. Just I'm reflecting on this whole life game. When I was 17, I left the game. Because it was all downhill and I didn't want to hang. Most of my friends had been to jail. And I didn't want to live in that kind of hell. Bottom line was that I had a choice. I had to listen to the wisdom of my inner voice. I said, you're a boxer and you know how to hit. When life knocks you down, don't take that shit. Jump up swinging and leave no doubt that you ain't about to be taken out. See, I lived through racism, bigotry, and fucked up times. It's just shady asses. People looking at the world through rose-colored glasses. I can't live that lie because up in my head, my friends in the wheelchair, and little Johnny's dead. So I've been shadow boxing for all these years, bobbing and weaving, and fighting back tears. Shadow boxing. Left jab, right cross. Left hook. Left jab. Right cross. Left hook. And poem. That's the second time I've heard you read it, and. I just think it's amazing. Thank you. I think it's one of my. I think it's one of my favorites. It's one of mine. And knowing because you were a boxer, you know that makes it even cooler. Yeah. A lot of times I listen to jazz when I'm reading. Um, Very awesome. All right, my love. You know the drill. Uh, My name is Melvin. Uh, Melvin Johnson. You can. you reach me on Facebook under Melvin Johnson and also on, on YouTube. Actually, it's Melvin D. Johnson uh, under both. Are you still there? I'm still here. Okay. All right. And, yeah, I was going to say on YouTube under the same name. Perfect. All right, sweetheart, we'll talk to you next week. Yes. Perfect. All right, baby. Love you. Thank you for being here tonight and ending the show on such a perfect note. (laughs) Bye-bye. All right, guys. You've been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I am going to end the show with a track by uh, Javon Johnson called Because He's Black. Awesome piece. Enjoy it. We will see you next week. Good night, everybody.
So I'm driving down the street with my four-year-old nephew. He knocking back a juice box, me a Snapple. Today, y'all, we are doing manly shit. I love watching the way his mind works. He asks a million questions. Uncle, why is the sky blue? Uncle, how do cars go? Uncle, why don't dogs talk? Uncle, uncle, uncle. He asks uncle, uncle, uncle. He asks uncle, uncle, uncle. As if his voice box is a warped record. I try my best to answer every question I do. I say it's because the way the sun lights up the outer space is because engines make the wheels go. It's because their minds aren't quite like ours. I say yes, no, no, yes, no, yes, no. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we laugh. <laughs> he smiles, looks out the window, spots the cop car, drops his seat and says, Oh man, Uncle, 5 we gotta hide. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm not happy with the way we raise our black boys. Don't like the fact that he learned to hide from the cops well before he knew how to read. Angrier that his survival depends more on his ability to deal with authorities than it does his own literacy. Get up, I yell at him. In this car, in this family, we are not afraid of the law. I wonder if he can hear the uncertainty in my voice. Is today the day he learns that uncle is willing to lie to him? that I'm more human than I am hero. We both know the truth is far more complex than do not hide. Both know too many black boys who disappeared, names lost, know too many Trayvon Martins, Oscar Grants, and Abner Louimas, know too many Sean Bells and Amadou Diallos, know too well that we are the hard-boiled sons of Emmett Till still. We both know it's not about whether or not the shooter is racist. It's about how poor black boys are treated as problems well before we're treated as people. Black boys in this country cannot afford to play cops and robbers if we're always considered the latter. Don't have the luxuries of playing war if we're already in one. Where I'm from, seeing cop cars drive down the street feels a lot like low-flying planes in New York City. Where I'm from, routine traffic stops are more like minefields. Any wrong move could very well mean your life. And how do I look my nephew in his apple face and tell him to be strong when we both know black boys who are murdered every day simply for standing up for themselves? I take him by the hand. I say, be strong. I tell him, I say, be smart. Be kind and polite. Know your laws. Be aware of how quickly your hand moves to pocket for wallet or ID. Be more aware of how quickly an officer's hand moves to holster for gun. Be black. Be a boy. Have fun. Because this world will force you to become a man far more quickly than you'll ever have to need to. He lets go of my hand, but uncle, he asks. Uncle, what happens if the cop is really mean? And it scares me to know that he, like so many other black boys, is getting ready for a war I can't prepare him for.